1: right into the Hagman and Hagman Report, where we have a great episode planned for you folks. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful Northwest Pennsylvania, where it's blustery, actually, nice fall day. Folks, we broadcast live each and every weeknight, that's Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, which is the place to be, places uh, where shows like uh, Common Sense Show are heard, and uh, Russ Dizdar, and Dave Hodges, and uh, as I said, and uh, Dr. Ted Brower, and other shows right here, again, on the Global Star Radio Network. Folks, we're simulcast as well on the on BTR, Blog Talk Radio Network. And uh you can also watch us right there. Watch us on our YouTube channel, our official YouTube channel. I'm Doug Hagman at the helm fellow investigative researcher, my son Joe Hagman, together with something I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. Thanks for joining us tonight. Really excited to have you. It was a long weekend, busy weekend, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Joe was on the Common Sense Show last night, first hour. Um, it's uh, I'll be on next week, uh, of course, uh, taking turns and uh, piling on. Uh, we're we're really uh, uh, <laughs> we're going after the threat, folks. We're going after the threat from. Uh, from within and from without that's right the threat of uh of islam against against uh our country the threat of the global the globalist agenda from within the people who have uh, taken over our country from within folks portions nice broadcast brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. are you are you in charge do you take care of hiring let me ask you do you take care of hiring for your business Do you have a small, medium, large business, whatever size business? Do you take care of the hiring process? Oh, let me tell you something. ZipRecruiter.com, they have made the hiring process so much easier for you folks go to ziprecruiter.com slash free trial that's ziprecruiter.com slash free trial take advantage of the offer they sub for the listeners of the hagman and hagman report if you're a small business owner medium large business owner if you're listening to this and you're of personnel you need you need to hire someone fast ziprecruiter.com is the place to be that's ziprecruiter.com slash free trial more on that later you, you really want to yeah, let me tell you, if, if you're looking for a looking for the best quality candidate you can find, ZipRecruiter.com/free trial. That's the place to look. Tonight we've got a wonderful show planned. We have Avi Lipkin, also known well alias Victor Mordecai. His website Vic Mord. That's V I C M O R D. Vic Mord. Um, that's his website where he's got a number of great books. Uh, yeah, folks, you know him. Actually, we've got some. Joe, we got so many requests to have him on. Again, we've had him on in the past, and we've used, actually used sound clips from from the show uh, that he was on. He was so pressing it with respect to the threat of Islam, the the sword of Islam, the uh, uh, you know how re- religious or religions of love versus religions of hate, the, that entire that that whole ideology there. And of course, many he's got many books at his website, and uh, uh, you can support Avi Lipkin through his website. You can purchase his his books you can schedule any kind of speaking event you can write to him right through vicmord.com I'm going to toss it to you sir yeah and it's a
2: uh, folks if you go to hagman um uh, John Robertson and Sergeant Tim did a fantastic uh, write-up for tonight's show yes um, thank you by the way and we want to give a special shout out to Mike Spalding for help setting this up uh, we do appreciate uh Your help and
1: and input, as well as John Robertson. When John called, he said, Avi Lipkin, what do you think about getting him on? I said, Oh, yeah, man. You know, we've been trying like, you know, forever to get him back on. And, and, uh, absolutely. And it was like the next day, it was bam, ready to go. So thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, folks, for.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you're going to want to hear this, man. Yeah, we we met Avi in Florida in yeah. um, a few years ago at the Prophecy in the News conference. He doesn't
1: remember. He's you know Pro- he's, probably
2: not. No, he's, he's he does um, guy. a lot of uh, trips to Israel. He he takes people to Israel and, and does tours and and historical and and other type of events there. And he's got his finger right on the pulse of what's going on so, in the Middle East. We talked to his son, I
1: think, right? Well, wasn't that yeah, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Ended up talking to his son as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. What a what a great what a great young man.
2: Oh, and we want to obviously want to thank you for coming on. I know it's what is it two o'clock in the morning uh, where you are right now, um, and yeah. welcome back to the Hagman and Hagman Report.
0: Thank you, thank you for having me.
1: Wow, two two a.m. in Israel. Um, God bless you, my friend, and thank you so much. Yeah, two a.m. And, and thank you so much for your graciousness, uh, folks. We don't we don't pre-record. Uh, our show, the live is, is the best, and, and uh, God bless this man for for staying up and for uh, being part of the show. Absolutely, uh, Mr. Lipkin, where
2: would you like to start tonight? There's so much going on um, in the news pertaining to Israel, pertaining to what's happening in the Middle East with from the stemming from the Arab Spring to uh, the war and conflict we see in Syria. Um, there was news about the UN resolution about the Temple Mount in Jerusalem last week. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of places to go. Where where do you want to start tonight?
0: Well, you know what? Let's start with the Temple Mound because this is a classic example uh, of globalist uh, misbehavior. Uh, it's not just globalist. Uh, the United Nations represents um, two hundred nations. Uh, the United Nations represents uh, the whole human race, basically, of which two thirds are pagans. That's the Hindus, the Buddhists, the Muslims, and the Communists. Uh, and so, uh, the Christians and the Jews, well, when I say Christians and Jews, primarily Christians, as far as numbers, are about two billion people, and the UNESCO decision that the Jews have absolutely no connection to Jerusalem is so crazy uh, that it should have all Christians up in arms, because if the Jews don't have any connection to Jerusalem, neither do the Christians. And this is a uh, direct assault on God Himself. And uh, one of the things I wanted to share, as you probably know, uh, I uh, am forming a Judeo-Christian political party to run for the Israeli government elections for the Knesset. And um, we've had some—I don't want to say globalist problems—even here in Jerusalem, with a, with what I call a—I don't know if I, I should call it socialist leadership in the Ministry of Justice. Uh, holdovers from the socialist period, uh, even though Netanyahu is the Prime Minister, but still you have socialists who have been entrenched uh, in government ministries, and so we've had even problems with them, Uh, but the party will be registered, God willing, within a few weeks, um, and then we will be in the running. But anyway, the point is, in 2006, ten years ago, uh, I went to meet with the Vatican ambassador to Israel, Uh, Archbishop uh, Pietro Sambi and um, he said I have only 5 minutes for you and I said all I need is 5 minutes I'll give you my books, CDs and DVDs uh, study them and then send them off to the Vatican Library Uh, you have to remember that uh, we have uh, an 8% Christian population in Israel but of the 8%, 4% are Catholic and 4% are Greek and Russian Orthodox Uh, we just don't got no uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants in Israel So if I'm forming a Judeo-Christian party, I must uh, notify all the sectors involved. And anyway, so we had a a good meeting, it was an hour, it wasn't five minutes, and um, he told me something in confidence that I should not tell you now, but the fact is he died from a medical procedure which failed, so since he's dead I can tell what I promised not to tell. he was telling me that the Vatican uh, is a country. Vatican uh, is based in Rome, and uh, the Vatican ambassador's job is to serve as a conduit of information between uh, Rome and the Catholic uh, and the all the different Christian denominations in Israel, uh, the Jews, the Muslims, etc. And so he told me about a meeting that he had had with uh, the Islamic uh, leadership in Jerusalem called Waqf. Waqf is W-A-Q-F. They are the trusteeship in charge of the Temple Mount. And uh, they were pushing him into a corner figuratively and saying to him, you know that uh, these Jews have a wild imagination and say that there was a temple on the Temple Mount. And we all know there was never a temple on the Temple Mount and uh, it, by the way it is an interesting point that I have tour guide pamphlets of the walk from 1925 and 1962 um, which said until then that, that there was a temple on the Temple Mount um, but after 1964 and the formation of the PLO, the Palestine Liberation <laughs> Organization uh, all of a sudden they started to revise history and this is what's happening this is a revision of, of history it's a, it's things that are not true And so they asked the ambassador, and, you know, he tried to come off with political correctness and say, well, the Vatican wants good relations with everyone, and the Arabs, and the Muslims, He said, we know all that stuff, but what do you say? Was there a temple, or was there no temple on the the Temple Mount? And he said, listen, if you're forcing me to give you a, a direct answer as a man of God, then I have to tell you, if there was no temple on the Temple Mount, where did Jesus overturn the money changers' tables? at the Temple Mount. Where did Jesus go on Hanukkah, the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah? That's John 10, verse 22. Jesus visited the Temple in Jerusalem on Hanukkah. Where did Jesus have his Bar Mitzvah at at age 12? The Temple in Jerusalem. Where were the apostles? At the Temple in Jerusalem. Uh, I don't know if you've been to Rome, uh, gentlemen, but uh, there is a... Uh, a 2,000 year old uh, arch of Titus and on the arch of Titus there's a picture there of uh, Judean slaves and Roman soldiers carrying off the menorah from the temple in Jerusalem and so I suggest to the Palestinians they go to Rome and as tourists and look at the, uh, the menorah from the temple being carried off and of course the Babylonians in 586 BC destroyed the temple in Jerusalem Solomon's temple and they they very, very uh, clearly uh, detailed everything, all the op, uh, objects that were taken away from the temple uh, in Akkadian. Akkadian is the language of the Babylonians. A uh, very precise list of inventory. Uh, so, the, you know, the Babylonians wrote about Jerusalem, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians. And, um, you know, I always told this joke in the churches about insanity Um, and insanity is like uh, 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 you know, neurotic, psychotic is basically denying uh, the truth and um, these Muslims are psychotic their leadership is psychotic and UNESCO is psychotic and uh, the Christians should be really up in arms because uh, as the Catholic ambassador said uh, this is very uh, important to the Christians as well if the Jews have no connection to Jerusalem neither do the Christians And this is one of the problems of globalism. That the the globalists are out for an all-out attack on God and on religion. And uh, so this is one of the things I'm talking about uh, most recently.
1: Yeah, it just uh, the news. Israel just uh, recently thanked Italy for their stance against uh, against UNESCO. Uh, for their temple, or the Temple Mount re- resolution, that 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 was in the news. I happened to see that, but it, it amazes. Well, I shouldn't say it amazes me. It it disturbs me that that you, we have we're looking at this attempt to erase history. Well, revise it at the at that at minimum, revise history. It's almost like uh, I, I don't know. It's almost like this modern genocide, if you will, or. Uh, to me, it's offensive to me that that this would even be uh, that, that we we uh, we're even here at this point uh, in in this kind of discussion where where they're saying, well, you know, uh, the no recognition of a Temple Mount. Um, my goodness. Okay. So, uh, wow, that's interesting, though. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, going back though, your five-minute meeting turned into an hour meeting, and, and absolutely uh, stood up for. Uh, I, I, I that just blows my mind, uh, Avi. It really does. Wow. All right. And I, I have another. You uh, Go ahead. Uh, sorry, you know, uh, the, the, there is. Yes, I'll just uh, say this: there is a delay here. Uh, so we, uh, the there, there's a like a maybe a, a 30, 30 or half a second delay, and I, I apologize for that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Avi.
0: That's fine, that's fine. We have two hours to work the problem out. (laughs) Um, I I wanted to share something very, very uh, newsworthy, very uh, earth-shattering. And, you know, I have to tell you, as you probably know, I I have an American accent. I'm an American. I'm an Israeli. Uh, I pay taxes to both countries. Uh, Give unto the Lord that which is the Lord's and give unto the two Caesars that the two Caesars are stealing from you. Uh, Anyway, um, I was born in the U.S. uh, in 1949. Uh, In 1962, I was 13 years old, uh, a very avid stamp collector, still am. And uh, the United States Post Office came out with a a set of stamps commemorating 100 years since the American uh, Civil War. And one of the stamps was about the Battle of Shiloh. Okay, so we're talking about April 1962. Now, I was 13. Uh, I was not uh, really very educated uh, as far as the Bible at that time. And uh, so I always thought Shiloh was in Tennessee. And I didn't think that the, the name Shiloh refers to a place in the Bible, in the land of Israel. Uh, in 19, nobody knew either uh, where it was. Uh, it was in Jordan at that time. And uh, in 1967, uh, we had the Six Day War imposed on us by the Jordanians, the Egyptians, and the Syrians. And we liberated, uh, the Judea, Samaria, what is known as the West Bank. And, uh, um, so that's five years after the stamps issued by the American Post Office. And so the Israelis, uh, started looking for the biblical sites, because this was, we didn't know how long we were going to be holding on to the land. Uh, we thought that the Arabs would finally, uh, admit that they were wrong, make peace with us, and that uh, we would return all the territories so that we had, were forced to take in wars of self-defense. Anyway, so the Israelis, uh, uh, went to what they thought was Shiloh, and it turns out that there was a Christian Arab village just on a hill overlooking Shiloh. And it's called Kafr Sila. Kafr Sila means the village of Shiloh. And uh, the Arab Christians very meticulously uh, maintained the integrity of the names of the places in the Bible. So when the Israelis asked the Arab Christians uh, where Shiloh was, they pointed with their finger down into the valley and said it's down there. So the Israelis uh, brought in uh, archaeologists, and the archaeologists started digging and um, there were four uh, Greek Orthodox uh, churches uh, which had been leveled by a very severe earthquake in the year 746 AD and um, then abandoned, the whole city was abandoned There was a city there it was a Greek city Uh, and um, they found a uh, mosaic six feet down at the entrance of one of the churches which said, may the Lord Jesus bless the people of Shiloh. Bingo! So we knew that this was where Shiloh was. Now, why is this important? Because there are people known as globalists, or people known as socialists, or people who don't believe in the Bible, or the Muslims, who say that all these stories in the Bible are myths, that they're all fairy tales. And uh, in fact, if these were myths and fairy tales, and Shiloh never existed, then guess what? The prophet Samuel, who was from Shiloh, did not exist. King David did not exist. King Solomon did not exist. King Saul did not exist. And there is even a school of thought among socialists in the Israeli government, including Rabin and others, and the archaeologists, who said that all these things described in the Bible never happened, that they're all myths, fairy tales. But when you find uh, physical proof that Shiloh did exist, and now there's a Jewish settlement there, but there's a whole city there, multi-level strata at Tel, which is an archaeological uh, site. So we've proven that Shiloh existed. If Shiloh existed, then the prophet Samuel existed. The prophet Samuel anointed King Saul and King David. So King Saul and King David existed. So why is this important? Because it proves the veracity of the Bible. And when you prove the veracity of the Bible, you prove the the existence of God. And this is something which, if you are a Jew or a Christian, is extremely critical to every Jew and every Christian, every person who believes in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to prove the veracity of the Bible. And my son Aaron is now producing his third DVD uh, on proving the veracity of the Bible. My son Aaron, who is the CEO of Lipkin Tours, and if people go to LipkinTours.com, they can find out more information about these uh, DVDs. Uh, they're also being sold very, very successfully by Prophecy Watchers, uh, Gary Sterman, and Bob Ulrich. Uh So they, they are there in the States already. They can also be ordered directly from my son here in Israel. Uh, but the point I'm saying is that UNESCO, obviously, would come out and say that there was no Shiloh. Before. And uh, when, when you look at other places in the Bible... That we know were holy holy sites for the Jews and for the Christians, um, and of course UNESCO disagrees. Uh, one, another site is uh, Hebron. Hebron is the site, the cave of the patriarchs and matriarchs, where they are buried. Um, you know, they, uh, the UNESCO came out and said this was a Muslim holy place, but the fact is that uh, Muhammad was buried there. Uh, Ishmael, uh, Hagar, uh, Esau none of these people were buried there Uh, they were all killed in battle and their bodies were eaten by the vultures the only people who are buried in Hebron are Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah so uh, the tomb of the patriarchs is holy only for the Jews and Christians, not for the Muslims but UNESCO says it all in reverse, upside down
1: wow you know, that's the way it is too with uh, with With Islam, it's almost as if uh, I don't know. It's it's they've got they're laying claim to to places or holy cities like Israel or uh, Jerusalem, uh, where they've got really no business to, no legitimate business to lay claim to Shiloh. Very interesting, by the way. Um, Yeah, changing the narrative of the Bible. Um, or, or, shallow proving or, or, substantiating the, the veracity of the Bible, of course, and the, the Christian Bible. And, and wow. So, uh, I just want to give out that website again, folks. Lipkin Tours, L-I-P-K-I-N-Tours.com. Lipkintours.com. Go ahead, go ahead, sir. Uh,
0: also, I wanted to add one more thing, and this is something that will lead, um, I think to the end of Islam. Um, if you uh, know your Bible, you know in the book of Numbers uh, that there was a story there about an Israelite prince and a Midianite princess who was basically a temple whore uh, at the Black Stone in Mecca. And I've written a book about this called Return to Mecca, that the Israelites were there, uh, the Israelites were being seduced by these um, Baal-worshipping uh, pagan tribes. And that's actually the reason in uh, the book of Numbers uh, numbers 15, 37 to 41, that the Jews are commanded to wear what they, we call the prayer shawl, the talit uh, to remind us not to go whoring after the other gods. Uh, anyway, so um, uh, this, I believe, all took place at the what is today the Black Stone in Mecca. Uh, our our tent of at the meeting, at the tabernacle, was probably, I mean, it's a theory that I'm espousing. Nobody else is saying this. It's in my book. Uh, return to Mecca. Also, I did a uh, DVD with Chuck Missler called The Case for Mecca. Anyway, so the uh, grandson of Aaron, uh, who was also a high priest, Phineas, uh, skewers the Israelite prince and the Midianite princess in the middle of a sexual act um, and stops a plague which killed 24,000 people. Um, and then after this, a few chapters later, there's a very big battle, a very big war, in which five Midianite kings uh, come and march against uh, Israel. And uh, one of the kings, is his name is the Rock, and he's the father of the princess who, who was stewarded by Phinehas. So he gets killed also. And uh, then, of course, the Israelites have to flee, uh, basically flee from Arabia up to the north, to the land that God promised to Israel. And uh, one of the things that I talk uh, very, very much about is that this black stone... It was a very evil place. Um, also, people were sacrificing their children on the altar of Molech. Uh, there were homosexual acts. There were acts of bestiality, sleeping with animals. Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff went on at this Black Stone. And um, you've heard of ISIS. ISIS has said Gosh. that Muhammad. <laughs> ISIS has said that Muhammad had no right to incorporate the Black Stone into Islam. Uh, if you know the history of Muhammad's conquest of uh, Arabia, uh, it was important for him to take possession of the Black Stone to uh, consolidate his power in Arabia. So uh, now ISIS is coming and saying they're going to blow it up because uh, as they blew up the, the Buddhist uh, statue in Bamiyan province in Afghanistan, and just as they blew up, uh, you know, pagan temples in Palmyra, Uh, you know, Islam uh, believes that it is supposed to destroy any pre-Islamic artifacts or pre-Islamic books or pre-Islamic faiths. Um, And so uh, this is something we need to think about for the future. It will be very interesting uh, if ISIS, or shall I say when, ISIS takes over Saudi Arabia and blows up the Black Stone, which is basically the holiest place for, you know, one of the mill Muslims, the regular Muslims, but uh, ISIS considers itself so purist that uh, they're going to blow up their holiest place, basically cutting off the head of the snake.
1: And, and you, you talk about this in your book, I believe, correct? Uh, your book, uh, um, no, I, let me pull it up here, uh, Islamic, Return, right, really correct.
0: By the way, Return to Mecca is on Kindle also.
1: Okay, returning back. A bit, that's right. All right. So, yeah, folks, uh, visit Vic Mord, V I C M O R D. It's linked off of HagmanReport.com. There in the in the um, article itself, very fascinating. Yeah, uh, Mister Lipkin, we are coming up against uh,
2: a, a break. We take a break um, halfway into each hour, and then at the top of the hour, it's about three minutes long, just to let you know if you want to grab a refreshment. Folks, we're talking with Avi Lipkin. Again, his website is vicmord.com. That's V-I-C-M-O-R-D. And when we return from this break into the next segment, if we can, Avi, I'd like to ask you some questions about ISIS and Israel and the relationship between the two, if there is any. I read a report today about an Israeli think tank uh, talking about how they would like the West not to destroy ISIS as it is a useful tool. For destroying Israel's enemies. Now, um, again, that's just uh, you know a group of people getting together talking about this. But I, I want to get your opinion on this and on the future of ISIS, and that's something that you were beginning to allude to in this segment, folks. You're listening to Avi Lipkin on this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Stay with us.
1: To this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, our guest is Avi Lipkin. His website, VicMord, that's V I C M O R D, VicMord.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's linked off of HagmanReport.com. There, uh, Sergeant Tim and uh, John did just a tremendous write up. And Avi Lipkin is a guy that we have a lot of respect for. He's a, he's a man of character and integrity. He's starting a uh, his uh, party in Israel. His, uh, an interesting first couple of minutes with with avi talking about how um uh he's setting up a new party and of course that's going great it's going very well and, and it, 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 born in the United States you could tell okay however living in Israel right now where it's uh about two thirty in the morning in Israel, we thank avi tremendously i mean from the bottom of our hearts for doing this interview live uh, because it's just a i mean it's a tremendous uh, burden let me tell you um for, you know, it's a gift of time that we really appreciate and our, I know our audience appreciates staying up with Avi, our people in that area. We've got listeners right now in Germany checking in with us, France. We've got, uh, just a number of people checking in saying, yeah, it's late here too, uh, or early in in various parts of Europe. So welcome listeners who are listening to this live. Folks, listeners, uh, go to, uh, VicMord, V-I-C-M-O-R-D dot com. Check out, uh, Avi Lipkin's array of books, DVDs, also lipkintours.com. That's right. You need to support this man and his mission. You need to support him in his mission, Joe.
2: Absolutely. Um before the break we were talking about a number of things from the uh, Temple Mount to um uh, ISIS and uh what's happening in in Israel and the Middle East. We have the Arab Spring that has you know, toppled nations and leaders, that continues to uh, spiral out of control in Syria. We have ISIS uh, that is their ongoing battles, uh, trying to take back Mosul in Iraq, and from Iraq to Syria. We have just a, a huge problem in conflict in in the Middle East. Uh, Mr. Lipkin, how can how do you see this playing out with, with ISIS, the U.S., and uh, as you said earlier, alluded to, you know, with Saudi Arabia uh, becoming a major factor in this. Do you see this, um, is this being allowed to turn into this huge international conflict, or is this happening organically?
0: Well, I've written um, seven books. My seventh book deals specifically with what's happening now with ISIS, and uh firstly we have to uh, look at um i call it the, the 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 vicissitudes uh of american policy uh america has um alienated itself uh from both the shiites and the sunnis uh a number of times uh america seems to swerve back and forth uh, between supporting uh, uh the shiite iranians and uh, the the sunni arabs And uh, this causes a lot of anger. And ISIS is basically born uh, out of the American um, betrayal, as the Arabs see it, of Saddam Hussein. Don't forget, Saddam Hussein um, uh, went to war against Iran in 1980. And from 1980 to 1988, uh, we see here the death of 2 million Iraqis and Iranians. Uh, I try not to take sides in this. Uh, just to try to be objective about it. And um, uh, basically, Saddam Hussein and the Iraqi army was the shield or the buffer uh, protecting the West uh, from the crazy, so-called crazy Ayatollah Khomeini people, who today Obama is so cozy with. Um, After the defeat of Saddam Hussein, after the the hanging of Saddam Hussein, Uh, The handing over of uh, the reins of power of Iraq over to the Shiites Uh, the Shiites had so many scores to settle with the Arabs with the Sunni Arabs led by Saddam Hussein don't forget the Shiites are 60% in Iraq Uh, and so the uh, officers in the Iraqi army who were all Sunni Arabs uh, from the uh, Sunni areas which is today ISIS they were all fired from their jobs uh, in the government, in the military, in the police, uh, it was basically uh, ethnic cleansing of the Sunnis by the Shiites. Don't forget that the Sunnis were ethnically cleansing the Shiites. This is something that goes on back and forth all the time in that area. Uh, today, we see, for example, that there are fears of the Sunnis that the, the Shiite militias, backed by Iran, are going to ethnically cleanse the Sunnis who remain in Mosul. Don't forget in Mosul you had Christians and, and Shiites and Yazidis and Kurds and the uh, ISIS people got rid of everybody so now that the, uh, everybody's coming back uh, they are punishing uh, the people of Mosul uh, and this, this vengeance, this hatred, this this ethnic cleansing between Shiites and Sunnis has been going on for 1400 years uh, I explained this in my most recent book Islamic Rivalry and, uh, which is available also on Amazon Kindle. It's also uh, available from my website, evictmord.com. Um, but, but the point I'm saying is that as a result of this, uh, Shiite persecution of the Sunnis, especially, uh, the former Saddam Hussein uh, military officers, um, uh, so th- there were people in Washington who said, and, and Europe said, we have to give jobs, uh, to these uh, Iraqi officers so we will give, give them weapons and arms and training and then the whole thing got out of control and it became ISIS with the fanatic Al Qaeda group so don't forget Saddam Hussein uh, was very allied with Al Qaeda uh, Saddam Hussein uh, and Al Qaeda together blew up the Oklahoma City uh, federal building something I covered in my first uh, three books um, which of course the media covered up apropos the American elections uh, that Bill Clinton uh, Covered up the Oklahoma City bombing, said Terry Nichols and Timothy McVeigh uh, were Christian militia. No, they were Muslims. They were working. You, you know, Avi, uh, 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 Avi, if I can just address something, if I can anyway, just address something together. Are not covered uh, in the American media, and, uh, you know, Donald Trump, I'm surprised. I sent all this information to him. He should be explaining how the Christians were blamed for the Oklahoma City bombing when it was a Saddam Hussein, Al-Qaeda bombing. And the Democrats are saying all along that there was, no, there was no connection between Al-Qaeda and uh, Saddam Hussein. Well, that's completely false. I prove it in my books. Anyway, so you're, you're, ISIS you're right. basically...
1: You're you're right. Yes, yes. I, I just want to reaffirm something with our listeners. Our listeners, some some people who listen to this who, who are believe in the globalist mindset. Look, folks, we understand that, and we understand the nature of this insidious globalist mindset. You know, and we also understand when Alex Jones in Infowars says, "Look, you know, uh, um, you know the inside operation aspects of, of attacks like this." But I worked with um, Joe, and I both worked a surveillance case in. New York City, that, well, John, or I'm sorry, in Boston, uh, after John Doe number two, uh, the, the guy that got out of that truck with, uh, with Timothy McVeigh, who was a member of Saddam's Iraqi Republican Guard. And I saw that, I saw the tattoo on him. I mean, I was face to face with this guy, alright, in, uh, in the streets of Boston. I, I just want people to understand this. While the, the, the marionettes might be, you know, um, they'd be guided at the higher levels. At the lower levels, yeah, you've got a member of Saddam's uh, Iraqi Republican National Guard or Republican Guard, um, with with, uh, with Timothy McVeigh. And I did a surveillance on this guy. I could tell you he exists, and I could tell you, I mean, I mean looking in his eyeballs at his tattoo and and. There was no soul there. Uh, but but so what you're saying, what Avi Lipkin is saying here is absolutely one hundred percent true. Not that he needs our vindication or authentication. It's hundred percent true. Sir, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I really wanted to drive that point home because there are layers upon layers of deception here and people have to understand uh the the role in the Oklahoma City bombing. Go ahead, sir.
0: Yes, well indeed, I was in Oklahoma City when all this happened. Um uh I wrote about it in my first book in 1997, Uh, Is Fanatic Islam a Global Threat, on page 265. Uh, I also wrote about it uh, in my third book, Islamic Threat Updates Almanac, uh, in 2003, uh, when it turns out that... uh, uh, Did you ever hear of Jaina Davis?
1: Oh, yes. In fact, I did some of the work. After after she published the book, um, I met with... uh, 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 David Shippers, her attorney And, and the, the guy that uh, Headed the impeachment of uh, of uh, Bill Clinton And David Shippers wrote the forward to the third terrorist And I also collaborate a little bit With uh, with Jaina Davis, with Miss Davis On her book, The Third Terrorist uh, Subsequent to this publication To verify some of the facts, new facts that came in Subsequent to the publication Yes sir Long answer to a short question. So anyway, in
0: yes. my third book, 2003, Islamic Threat Updates, I quote Jaina Davis with her investigative information and proofs that uh, Terry Nichols actually trained in the Philippines with Ramzi Yusuf. Ramzi Yusuf was the architect of the bomb, uh, the truck bomb in New York City in the first attack on the World Trade Center in February 1993, and uh, all of these things were covered up by the Clinton administration. Uh, frankly, if you ask me, I think it was treason. Uh, The the government of Bill Clinton was guilty of treason. Um, My friends, and I don't want to mention names, but my friends in Oklahoma City are very afraid to touch this whole subject, uh, because they said to me that the Clintons actually killed, um, the the, the Clinton administration killed anyone who came forward uh, in Oklahoma City with uh, the real evidence of exactly what happened. In other words, the agenda was uh, not to allow this subject to get out of hand. Uh, This uh, was going to be uh, pinned on uh, Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols as internal Christian terrorism, uh, when in fact this was Islamic terrorism. So the Christians get blamed for something they're not guilty of. And I'll tell you, as a Jew, uh, I'm very sensitive to these calumnies. You know, the, the Jews get blamed for so many things. Here the Christians were getting blamed. And I'll tell you something. It wasn't Obama who started the downfall of Christianity in America. It was the Clintons. And uh, here you have Hillary Clinton. I'm, again, I'm, I'm very upset with with uh, with Trump that he's not using. I sent him all this information. Uh, the Clintons are guilty of uh, so many tremendous cover-ups. Uh, but the point I'm saying is getting back to um, getting back to ISIS. ISIS is a baby um, uh, of uh, American uh, policy. Constantly being uh, shifted and adjusted and changed, and uh, American um, support shifts constantly back and forth between Shiites and Sunnis uh, and back to Shiites again. I, I would say you know <laughs> the Muslims have a lot of right to be angry with uh, the, the, the the fallacies of American uh, government thinking. Maybe it is indeed a plan. To use uh, the Sunnis uh, to fight the Shiites and use the Shiites to fight the Sunnis uh, constantly, constantly stirring the pot uh, there in the Middle East. And Israel, you know, you ask me about Israel and ISIS, Israel's right in the middle, uh, and both the Shiites and both the Sunnis hate Israel, want to destroy Israel, and Israel has to find ways to maneuver itself in this uh, situation.
1: Exactly. You you know, you yeah, and you cover the, and and I just want to reaffirm this. You cover this in your book, Islamic Rivalry, correct, or is that? I mean, I I know, I I know your your book you wrote in nineteen ninety nine covers it, but Islamic Rivalry covers this as well.
0: Yes, very much, and it's very up to date. There is nothing outdated in it. The book also talks about something else, which is very important, and that is the role of Russia. And uh, to make a very long story very short, Russia has been fighting the Sunnis for a thousand years. Uh, the Sunnis, the Turks, look at Russia kind of like Hitler. Um, uh, in 1854, uh, the Turks claim that the Tsarist Russian army killed three million Circassians in what is today Sochi. And so, uh, you know, it's a thousand years of hatred, and the Russians, for that reason... Uh, have chosen the Shiites as their allies. And, um, and, uh, America uh, has chosen the Sunnis. Don't forget that the Americans uh, and the British, uh, you know, NATO uh, in the Cold War used the Taliban in Afghanistan as a tool to defeat the Russians. And it worked. So America here is <laughs> supporting the Sunnis to defeat the Soviets, which were And what we see today in Syria basically is that the Russians are working with the Shiites uh, because these Sunnis are are sworn enemies of Russia for a thousand years.
1: You you, you know what, Avi, if you can help us unravel, um, because unravel what's going on in Syria too, when you feel. Led to do so because there is so much mis—I mean, there, there's there's lie after lie, layer of layer of lies with respect to what's going on in Syria, and, and I had written many articles for CanadaFreePress.com and for our website and talked m- m- much about this. Um, I, I truly believe that America and Russia will be face face to face at war over Syria. World War Three or the the, the the Great War <clears throat> is going to begin in Syria, in my view. Um, with Russia, uh, so, so if you can untangle that mess for us at some point, but but we're it, it just seems like everything you've written about you, you, I think your was your your first book was in ninety nine, wasn't it nineteen ninety nine? uh Return to Mecca was it your first book or was that? In, in, in no, your, no, no, before? no.
0: Is fanatic Islam a global threat? Was my first book in nineteen ninety seven? Ninety seven. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, and folks, nineteen ninety nine was my second book, Christian revival for Israel survival, where I talk about. The shrinking hey, yep. of the Jewish community in America and the outrageous growth of Islam in America.
1: Okay. And, and of course, you, your latest book, uh, last year, Islamic Rivalry, uh, is Correct. on there. And, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and by the way, I, I like when people ask me this. Well, how do you prefer, where do you prefer people purchase your books, either at your website or via Amazon? What's your preference if they're going to order a hard copy?
0: Whatever, whatever is easier. The important thing is that the message get out.
1: You got it. All right. And, uh, folks, visit, uh, uh, take a look at, at uh, Avi Lipkin's books on Amazon. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you, there, he, he, Avi Lipkin does not, I mean, he, he's a great writer, and there's not a bad book there. Uh, they're all current, they're all re- relevant to what's going on today, and they're all about, the uh, the geopolitical. Turn of <clears throat> geopolitical events in uh, the Middle East. In well, the, that the world faces. Uh, Joe, I know you were you were going toward ISIS, and you had some questions there uh, as we progress here. So I wanted to make sure I didn't overtalk you.
2: Yeah, um, if we could uh, <clears throat> get into this a little bit, um, well, I guess moving away from ISIS, he, this is something that you just mentioned, Avi, was the. Uh, proxy wars that are happening between the united states and russia and the united states and iran and china in syria where do you see these um do do you see that this conflict between the united states and russia the warmongering we've been seeing the rhetoric back and forth do you see this developing into an actual full-scale conflict between the two nations
0: well, I really hope not. Uh, you know, I have to tell you something, and I hope uh, I, it could be you have some listeners that might not be happy with what I'm going to say now, but um, it, it's something that's in my book, and I explain it very clearly. I uh, studied Russian uh, in the 1960s. Um, I, my BA is in uh, Sovietology, and um, I lived in Israel since 68, Uh and Israel was considered an enemy of Russia uh i mean israel was considered a puppet of the united states uh even to this day many people say that israel and the united states are totally inseparable anyway um, i uh, was given a free ticket to, to travel to moscow in 1994 and uh, i went there and i got a, an interview uh, uh with radio moscow in russian i did the show in russian for 1 hour it took me four hours to prepare the questions and answers in writing, so I wouldn't make a fool of myself. But I was interviewed in Russian, I answered in Russian, and uh, basically my message to the Russian people was, in 1994, I said to them, Soviet communism has collapsed. If Soviet communism has collapsed and Russia has broken up uh, and basically dislodged six uh, Islamic republics uh, and now 200 million population of Muslims, Uh, are not part of the Soviet Union anymore. Now Russia uh, is only 150 million people, most of which are Christians, Russian Orthodox Christians. So I said to them, listen, I said, America is not your enemy anymore. Uh, Europe is not your enemy anymore. Israel is not your enemy anymore. The enemy of Russia for a thousand years is uh, Sunni Islam. Uh, The Russian Orthodox Church was founded in 995 A.D., Uh, as a response to the Turkic invasions uh, coming up from the south uh, the the, uh, enslavement of the Slavic nations the raping of women the burning down of villages um, complete anarchy Uh, so the uh, St. Cyril and St. Methodius came to Russia from the Greek Orthodox Church uh, to help unify the Russian tribes the Slavic tribes to fight against the Turks Uh, this is history and, um, so when I finished my, uh, interview, well, during the interview, my interviewer, who was still a communist, I said, Well, you know, in communism, we believe in the, in the, uh, solidarity of all the nations. Therefore, we don't talk bad about Islam. Sounds like Washington today. And I said to him, Listen, don't give me any of that baloney. You've been fighting the, the, the Muslims for a thousand years. And the Mother Russia, which is christian has to you know defend christianity and defend western civilization uh, just as the european just as the americans and basically just as the israelis um then after i got off the show you know privately he said to me no, you know you know you are right he said to me he said that the Muslims are the enemy of russia so you know i've been following very very closely uh, just as the americans had manifest destiny all the way to the pacific ocean so too the Russians have manifest destiny all the way to the Pacific Ocean going east and uh, the Russians uh, fought against the Turks and they fought against the Iranians they fought against the Mongols and the Chinese and the Japanese sometimes the Russians lost also uh, in 1905 in the war with Japan Uh, so Russia also has a history of expansionism at the expense of uh, other nations Uh, but what we see here very clearly uh, black and white is that the Russians uh, have a a strong animosity to the Turks and the Sunni Muslims, and the Sunni Muslims have an animosity uh, against the Russians. And that's why the Russians are allied with the Shiites and with Iran. And the same applies to uh, the Chinese. The Chinese have a very big problem with Sunni Islam in China. And I don't know if you remember the massacre at the train station in Kunming a few years ago, where Islamic terrorists from Xinjiang province uh, came in with axes and knives and uh, killed 32 Chinese people in a train station in oh, yeah. Kunming. Uh, yeah, so did you want to say something? No,
1: no, I I, I remember that, yes, yes, uh, very much so. So anyway, right. so
0: the Chinese and the Russians are allied with the Shiites against uh, the Sunnis. The Sunnis uh, broke away from the Soviet Union, their six Islamic republics, uh, and Xinjiang province, which is one sixth of China, is uh, Sunni Turkish Muslim also, and uh, the Turks consider it part of Turkey. You know the the, the map of Turkey. When you go to fe- federal buildings in Turkey in Anatolia, you see maps that go all the way from halfway from China all the way to the to Morocco. And uh, I mean, these people really dream about a caliphate and about Islamic repossession of lands which um, uh, they once controlled
1: mm okay so, so the uh, yeah I, i'm I'm listening to what you're saying and and of course you know you're you're talking about Russia and the enemies of Russia, and of course our perception when i say our the west perception of our enemies it seems like we are being um mentally massaged when you first started out with, with your with, with with on tonight's program you you were talking about uh how history was being revised or is being revised with the temple mount you know uh but it almost seems as if uh we are currently witnessing this revisionist history take place right now and, and enemies are being misidentified or or at least the the guns are pointed in the wrong direction here in some cases is that a fair statement because i mean th- this is a complex stage but not really i mean i i guess the geopolitical stage is complex but it's not that complex but we're just being misled by the by the media, by the press, and uh, and such. And, and you said something which I, I want to get back to on the other side here, if we have the opportunity. And that's that you sent information to uh, the the Trump camp about um, about uh, well, the, the, to assist his his uh, foreign policy um, uh, decisions and such. Should he should he get into and assist him in 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 information debating and such, but. Uh, uh, yeah we're being misled everywhere aren't we uh misled by everyone in power it it just seems like
0: well what i th- think is that uh if, if you uh, you guys are in Pennsylvania you know if you have a uh, agriculture if you have a chicken coop uh what 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 you see everywhere in the world is that you have chickens inside of cages And they're given their feed and their job is to sit there all day and lay eggs. And they're not supposed to know anything about what's going on between Russia and the Sunnis. And that's how it is with the American people. American people are not being told anything. I've been, uh, I'm very, I'm very cynical now. I've been making my living uh, going to churches and civic groups and radio and TV shows that want to know the truth. And I, I think firstly that the American media doesn't really understand it itself. Uh, but secondly, that yes, there is an agenda which is basically wants to keep the Americans, uh, American people dumbed down. And it's not only America, it's also in Canada and Europe and even in Israel. Israel's not that bad because in Israel, you know, everybody knows everything. And the media, I'm just joking. And the media (laughs) talks about things in depth uh, all the time in Israel. But I go to America and I have a a totally open market with very, very few competitors. And I go around teaching uh, world history. Basically, all I do is teach world history. Uh, I don't tell people how to uh, believe what uh, type of Christian to be or what type of Jew to be or what type of atheist to be, Uh, but we do have a clash of civilizations here, and Americans are not being taught about the clash of civilizations. On the contrary, Hillary Clinton wrote a book called The Global Village, where she proves that the whole world is basically one village and everyone is together, and kumbaya. And that is not the case. Uh... Folks, you're talking, you're listening to
2: Avi Lipkin on this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are up against our top of the hour break. When we come back, we're going to continue to uh, talk with Mr. Lipkin about, you know, these prophecy updates in the Middle East. His website is uh, v i c m o r d dot com dot com you can go there you can buy his books you can bookmark his site sign up for his newsletter and much more we'll be right back with Avi Lipkin on the other side great guy us.
1: great guy. Bobby Lipkin is our guest. What a tremendous man. As he said, he makes his, uh, you know, he, what he does now is he goes to churches and, and speaks about history, uh, churches and civic events and uh, gatherings to talk about history the, the, the way it is.
2: And, folks, you can find his works on audio tapes, videotapes, CDs, DVDs, and
1: books. Absolutely. You can go to Vic uh Vic VicMord, That's VicMord.com. You can also uh also put this in your browser as well, LipkinTours.com That's his son's endeavor. Okay, but but we need to support Avi Lipkin. We really do. As as Christians listening to this in our judeo-christian walk we need to support avi lipkin we really do i've we we have met avi lipkin he probably does not remember us but um He's making a difference. He's making a difference in, in Israel. He's making a difference in America. He's making a difference worldwide. Well, not too many people can say that. I, you know, I'm sorry, but he's really making a positive difference, and that is a great thing. And of course, I want to say thank you, John Robertson. Thank you so very much for um, uh, hooking hooking us up together. Mike just, Spalding, awesome. Mike Spalding, yes, as well. Thank you so much, Mr. Spalding. Folks, before we get back to Mr. Lipkin, I had mentioned earlier about ziprecruiter.com. Let me tell you something if you're looking for that special person, that one person or or maybe more if you're hiring, do, do you know where to post your job to get the the best candidate? ziprecruiter.com is the only place to use. Forget about everything else. ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. That is the place. Posting your job in one place outside of ZipRecruiter, it's it's not good enough anymore. If you want to find the perfect hire, that very perfect, perfect candidate, you need to post your jobs on all the top sites, and now you can. With ziprecruiter.com, you can post your job to a hundred plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You can find candidates in any city, in any industry, nationwide. Just post one to and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. And it's that device, it's that interface that makes all the difference in the world. You don't have to juggle emails or calls to your office. You can quickly screen candidates. You can rate them and have the right person extremely fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over one million businesses. And right now, listeners to the Hagman and Hagman Report, they've set up something very special for us. You can post your jobs for free. On ziprecruiter.com. That's ziprecruiter for free by going to ziprecruiter.com slash free trial. That's ziprecruiter.com slash free trial. One more time to try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash free trial. You won't be sorry. And uh, how great that is to, to really organize all everything incoming and, um, incoming job applicants. Now, tonight, Avi Lipkin, we have here. It's late in Israel where he's at. Mm-hmm. Or early, perhaps, but uh, he's so it's gracious. Three a.m. Us, a.m. There now, yeah, giving us a gift of his time. And again, we need to support Avi Lipkin, his mission. We need to support him through the purchase of books, DVDs, but but just support him because he's making a difference, a positive difference in the, the world of of well, the Judeo Christian world. Mr. Lipkin uh, or Joe, I'll give, we, it to, give it to you. Yeah, we have Mr. Lipkin until the end of this hour.
2: Uh, this segment and the next, and we want to get into a number of, uh, things that we have not discussed. We talked about ISIS, we talked about Russia, we've talked about a number of, uh, things about the Middle East. Um, a couple of questions I wanted to ask you, Mr. Lipkin. One, um, if we could here go to the U.S. and looking at the current administration and what we have seen them do with the dealings with Iran. What do you make of the Obama administration's um, buddying up to Iran, uh, taking away the sanctions, giving them you know, money, um, and kind of uh, you know, normalizing relations with, with a nation that um, you know, is basically listed as, as one of America's uh, top enemies?
0: Well, that's a very excellent question. Uh, I like to talk about it because it's so crazy. Um, My wife, Rachel, uh, we're both 67 years old. My wife, Rachel, just finished uh, working uh, 30 years in the Israeli uh, Koli Israel radio services. Uh, Her job is basically intelligence work uh, to monitor the broadcasts of all our neighbors. And um, so um, she picked up broadcasts, numerous broadcasts from the Islamic world, especially Saudi Arabia. Uh, you have to remember, Saudi Arabia is a country of 17 million Sunnis and 2 million Shiites who are disenfranchised and dispossessed. But anyway, 17 million Sunni Saudis control the world. And as, according to my, uh, I don't want to say my way of thinking, but according to the proof that my wife has given me, uh, the Saudis uh, selected Obama, uh, who is a Muslim, uh, to be president. Um, whether or not he was born in Kenya uh, is a moot point. I believe he was born in Kenya, but it's a moot point. Um, he is a Sunni Muslim. Uh, he is uh, he has his orders from Saudi. Uh, also, I'd like to say to people that, that there is a, a YouTube uh, produced by a, a Baptist pastor in Florida, uh, Carl Gallops. And uh, it's a three-minute YouTube about me and my wife. And information that she picked up proving that Obama is a, a Saudi plant. And it's, this YouTube is called Saudi Plan. And he has three tasks. Task number one, order number one from the Saudis, is to destroy Iran, uh, Shiite Iran. Secondly, uh, destroy Jewish Israel. Thirdly, destroy Christian America. Now, this sounds so completely outrageous, but who would have believed? Uh, you know, 10, 20 years ago that America would actually have a Muslim president and the media supports it the globalist agenda supports it and everybody's laughing their heads off nobody is paying any attention to have a Muslim president okay, so let's talk about how uh, how he's going to destroy Iran how he's going to destroy Israel according to his plan and how he's going to destroy America and I'm going to give it to you in like 30 seconds Uh, This whole uh, agreement uh, with Iran uh, not only gives Iran uh, over $150 billion of released funds, uh, Articles 75 and 76 of the agreement give Iran the hydrogen bomb. Now, there are no peaceful uses for the hydrogen bomb, which is fusion. Uh, With fission, with uranium, okay, there are peaceful uses, but fusion, hydrogen bomb... There are no peaceful uses. Why is he, why is Obama giving Iran the hydrogen bomb? And that is in order for Iran to nuke Israel. Maybe Saudi Arabia too. Um, now if Iran tries to nuke Israel, Israel's going to know about it just in the right nick of time. So then Israel is going to have to destroy Iran. And so, what better way is there to destroy Shiite Iran and Jewish Israel than to kill two birds with one stone, and and set the two countries up in a war situation? Give Iranians the money they need, give them enough rope to hang themselves, give Israel 30 billion dollars in armaments over 10 years, so that Israel hangs itself. And then you're only left with the third problem, which is to islamicize America which the Obama administration and the Clintons and George W. Bush, forgive me for saying it, uh, were all stooges and slaves of the Saudis. And that's how we went from zero Muslims in 1970 to 30 Muslims. In my opinion, there are 30, Muslims, 30 million Muslims in America. The Jews are, are not uh, number two anymore. It's not Judeo-Christian America anymore. It's Christian Islam. And uh, which means isn't it wonderful one nation under God and Satan because you know Allah is Satan I don't know if you know that sure yes I have a three year jail sentence in Switzerland for saying that uh, so you know like uh, we have to call a spade a spade Allah is Satan Islam is a criminal psychosis and Saudi Arabia needs a Muslim president in Washington to destroy Shiite Iran and Jewish Israel.
1: And, and Obama was the, re- and, and forgive me for revisiting this, because I mean, we had talked about this in, in previous programs. And, and by the way, folks, we had Carl Gallup's on last week, uh, uh, tremendous. Uh, that, that video is tremendous. I would urge anyone who has not seen that, uh, video on YouTube by Pastor uh, Carl Gallups to, to uh, watch that about Avi Lipkin and his wife. But, uh, so, okay. Bush was, was, a wolf in Christian clothing, so to speak, a New World Order stooge, allowed us, or, or kind of paved the way, greased the skids for Obama. Obama really put the uh, finishing touches on the Iranian um, deals, I, I guess. So, would you, just to be clear, what you're saying is he's setting up both Iran and Israel, and to some extent, Saudi Arabia. To take uh, to, to let them fight it out uh, um, in just this mass plan of genocide is is that what you're saying? I mean, so so, so there, there's this nefarious element here where it looks like we're helping or he's helping Iran, but in fact he's giving them, as you as you point out, enough rope to hang themselves, um, giving them the, the money and, and the uh, materials to uh, essentially cause their own destruction through uh, an attack against Israel. Who would attack Iran and possibly involve Saudi Arabia? It's it's kind of just that simple, isn't it?
0: Yes, it's very simple. Uh, the Iranians were uh, prostrate; uh, they, they were in a horrible economic situation until the uh, deal, uh, which gave them all this money, uh, for, you know, from the Western powers. Uh, the Western uh, economies now are going to make money working with Iran. But strategically, the idea is to give the, the Iranians the wherewithal to destroy Israel and perhaps Saudi Arabia. And it's one of the reasons why the Saudis and the Israelis have gotten closer. But, uh, you know, I'm very cynical. The Saudis are no friends of Israel. Uh, the Saudis will want, will use Israel, will want Israel uh, to go to war against Iran. Uh, to go and Now, if you go to a war against Iran, you're going to war against Bashar al-Assad, you're going to war against uh, Hezbollah, Hezbollah has 100,000 rockets ready to be fired at Israel at any moment. Uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon is a proxy enemy of Israel. Uh, But, I mean, it's not as dangerous as a hydrogen bomb. But, uh, you know, (laughs) know, the the Saudis want to fight Iran to the last Israeli soldier. Are we seeing... I believe, yes, that there is a plan to destroy Shiite Iran. There is a plan to destroy Jewish Israel. And like I said before, you have this massive Infiltration of Muslims in America uh, and suppression of Christianity uh, in order to impose a uh, an Islamic agenda in America.
1: Wow, wow, okay, uh, well, my goodness. All right. So, and it's amazing to, to, we, when you had mentioned this before about your wife in the intelligence, uh, you know, receiving intelligence about this uh, future president, that being Obama um this muslim president its it just that's just an amazing story so we are we now at this point in time here we have obama appearing to be in his last days in office at least last legitimate days he's down to uh you know, less than uh, two months in terms of being in power in the oval office um Did he accomplish his task, the three tasks? Although Iran and Israel, of course, are not destroyed, and Israel won't be. uh, But but did he accomplish sufficiently what he was tasked to do? Did did he do a good job?
0: Well, we're talking about world history. World history is not by snapping your fingers. World history requires, uh, like moving a, a, a giant aircraft carrier. An aircraft carrier cannot you know, turn on a dime. Uh, aircraft carrier requires time until everything is in position to change course. Uh, America is changing course. And uh, in, in that sense, uh, Obama has done a marvelous job. Uh, you know, there's some people, I go to churches or do radio shows and people attack Obama and say he's stupid. He is the opposite of stupid. He's, Obama is brilliant and his brilliance it makes him all the more dangerous. Um, and like I said before uh, he has two months of lame duck and after November 8th and regardless of whoever wins and of course I pray that, that Trump wins but regardless of who wins uh, uh, Obama can wreak uh, grievous damage on Israel if he wants to which I think he does and what I think is going to happen is you know, the Palestinians are going to rise up in revolt after November 8th Uh, in order for Israel to counterattack and to suppress them, at which time uh, the plan of Samantha Powers, who was the American ambassador in the U.N., she wrote a position paper 20 years ago for the Clintons, uh, that uh, the U.S. military should invade Israel, attack Israel, and force Israel to accept the Palestinian state on the borders between the 567, which would also lead to the destruction of Israel. So I I see here some very, very dark clouds. They're just waiting for us after the November eighth. Even if Trump wins, uh, uh, Obama can still do grievous damage. And uh, the American people are not aware (laughs) at all of uh, these plans. How naive
2: we are, you know. And and, uh, scripture and, and prophecy clearly state that in the end times, that all nations. We'll we'll gather together and come against Israel. Now, from what I hear you say, and from what I've uh, read, uh, it sounds like Trump uh, that the Israeli people would prefer Trump to be uh, the president of the United States as opposed to Hillary. Uh, at the same time, I can see how a Hillary win would accelerate the or could accelerate the prophecy of all nations coming against israel we see the obama administration and the united nations hostility towards israel and the recognition uh of of their land of, of being able to live in their land and hillary clinton in in my opinion it would be worse than obama is uh in the treatment of of israel she i believe is a, is a muslim she is surrounded by by muslims Uh, instrumental in the Arab Spring, uh, instrumental in, you know, propping up these Muslim dictators and movements in order to uh, wipe the the areas clean of of religions other than uh, extreme Islam. Um, But as you said, I think there's going to be problems either way it doesn't matter who who gets in i just think it would be much quicker uh the yeah, problems would well, be much one's, quicker as one's as much the
1: interstate uh, one's the interstate one's the side road i think or you know a, a, uh, a more of a speed control road uh, as opposed to the interstate um it, wow well what about yeah then and whom Avi? well uh obvi uh Hillary Clinton, and we're looking at this, Joe's been looking at this deeply, Uh, her allegiance is to Sunni uh, Sunni Islam. Is it not? I mean, or is that just strictly a money allegiance, uh, a power and money allegiance?
0: I think it's it's primarily a money uh, allegiance because the the Clintons have gotten so many tens of millions of dollars from the Saudis. Uh, The Saudis gave uh, Bill Clinton Twenty million dollars for his library in uh, New York City, in Harlem Uh, so uh, it's anybody's guess all these years how how much money the Clintons have gotten Uh, guess what, George W. Bush I think one of the reasons he never attacks Obama is because uh, his father and his mother, Barbara Bush and uh, George Bush Sr. and Neil Bush, they all work for the Saudi Kingdom Uh, they work for Carlisle, Bechtel Halliburton uh, the Bush family has received over 17 billion uh, billion dollars from the Saudis uh, through these corporations. I, I document this in my third book, Islamic Threat Updates Almanac Number One. Um, you know, again, I, I'm, one of the things that gets me so angry about uh, people like Paul Ryan and George W. Bush and McCain, uh, who have uh, you know said they're not going to vote for, or not going to support uh, uh, Trump is that these people are all solidly backed by the Saudis. Um, and Trump is an authentic uh, American patriot who doesn't want to be owned by the Saudis or by anyone. And uh, so you know, I'm just, you know, I don't want to really talk a lot about it, but the Israeli media is also socialist-dominated. Uh, people like me uh, have to go to the States and speak in churches because I can't get a job in Israel. Uh, at least until my party gets uh, recognized and uh, we run for the elections and hopefully get in uh, in three years with this Judeo-Christian party and the elections in Israel in three years. But uh, the media uh, paints Hillary as the winner and paints Hillary as the good one and uh, paints Trump as crazy. Trump is not crazy. Uh, Trump is a, sh- a very sharp guy It represents the real America uh, but the Israeli, uh, you know, not the leadership not, not Netanyahu the um, Israeli media which is still leftist control socialist control uh, supports Hillary um, and, and goes against the values uh, that we Jews and Christians believe in, and I wanted to say something very important before we forget it or go on to other subjects and there's so many subjects we need to cover um This will be a big shock for you, but I think you'll agree with me. Europeans fought each other for 2,000 years, going back to the Romans. Europeans slaughtering each other, um, 2,000 years, World War II was the worst of it all, Uh, and after World War II, we see the beginning of the Benelux, and then the common market, and then the European Union. And one of the bottom lines was no more war in Europe. You know, white Christian Europeans should not be slaughtering each other, and it worked. It's a I mean, it's praise God that the Europeans are, the Europeans are crazy. They're killing each other for two thousand years. So now all of a sudden, you know, the the Europe has gotten normal and they're not killing each other. But at what cost? The cost is that the European Union mentality is all these wars of two thousand years were uh, because of god god is to blame for all the wars in europe god is to blame for nationalism and patriotism uh, and so god nationalism patriotism religion are all evil this is the approach of the european union this is the approach of the democrats uh, and one of the things that's very interesting and you know i've been watching uh, i'm a sovietologist as i said before uh, is that, uh, you have, uh, uh, Putin, uh, who was, uh, he was KGB. Uh, Obama's right, he was KGB. Um, but Obama's, uh, but, uh, Putin's mom was a devout Christian. Uh, Putin was, uh, basically he grew up with Jewish kids. Uh, he ate a lot, a lot of his meals in Jewish homes. And so Putin loves the Jews. Uh, Putin today is an observant Orthodox uh, Christian. Uh, he has turned Russia around. It is no longer a Soviet atheist country. Russia today is a Christian Orthodox country. They might not like Baptist missionaries from the United States. This is uh, indeed a holdover from the Cold War. But the reason uh, the Europeans and the Americans hate Putin so much is because he has created in the Soviet, what was formerly the Soviet Union, a Christian religious state. Don't forget, under communism, it was atheism. Atheism and no toleration of any religion. At that time, you know, Russia would have fit in perfectly with the European Union and the Democrats today. Uh, but today, Russia is going back to its religious and nationalist roots. And this cannot be tolerated. Israel is a Jewish religious nationalist country. Israel cannot be tolerated. Uh, Trump is a religious nationalist leader. In other words, he's not a churchgoer, but he represents the uh, nationalists and religious Christians of America, maybe some Jews, and so Trump cannot be tolerated. Uh, the one world government, the globalists, all believe in a no-God, no-religion, and basically no-morality system where everybody's a slave. Uh, it's communism. I mean, it's a form of... Uh, social democracy is a form of communism. Um, and so th- this was something I wanted to stress very, very much about Hillary. I don't think Hillary is a Muslim. I think it's very, that she is very cynically an opportunist. She wants to make as much money as she can. She's made a lot of money with the Saudis. Um, uh, Huma Abedin, of course, is her uh, alter ego. Uh They work very closely together. It's interesting that, uh, you know, Israel and the Jews have many, many different types of charities, very good institutions, like Hadassah, for example. There are many, many Christian women in America and in Europe who are members of Hadassah. Hillary Clinton is not a member of Hadassah. Hillary Clinton is not a member of any Jewish charity. Uh, Hillary Clinton is a member of Suha Arafat's Palestinian Muslim charity. Uh, So, you know, I mean, I've been following, watching uh, Hillary Clinton like a hawk. Uh, The woman is a very evil person, very, very much uh, in line with uh, Saudi Islamic uh, ideology because she knows where her bread is buttered. Hmm.
1: Indeed, and and we we were doing some research here on Hillary and the Clinton Foundation, and, of course, the money, it's wow. All I can say is looking at the the scale of... um, um, well, disaster capitalism. Uh, the uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the author, uh, but uh, talking about the Clinton Foundation and the corruption there. But uh, but but you are correct, sir. In in terms, in my view, anyway, in terms of uh, looking at at Clinton's the op- opportunist. And you said social democracy is a form of communism, and, and that that seems to be the push uh, of of Hillary Clinton, of course. Uh, when it comes to the communism and Hillary Clinton. Communist is good for us, not for her, not for them, not for the globalists. Uh, now we're coming up on the on the break here, the next segment. I just want we, Joe and I want you to just go wherever you want to go. Take us wherever you want to take us because you've got so much important so many important things to say. But uh folks, let me just reintroduce our guest Avi Lipkin the author of many books, please visit his website Vicmord. That's V-I-C-M-O-R-D Vicmord.com. And there order his books, either that or from Amazon. You can get the Kindle editions on Amazon. Um and of course your um uh Avi, uh, your latest book here in the in the forty five seconds we have to uh to break here, your, your latest book uh uh, ba, 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 I'm sorry, Islamic rivalry, ISIS and Iran. That really gets to the heart of the Iranian situation today in America, Israel, Iranian situation. Is that right?
0: Very correct, and it's totally up to date. There is nothing outdated there.
1: Okay. All right, folks. You stay right where you're at, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to this very special edition of the Hagman Report, Hagman and Hagman Report, Avi Lipkin, our very special guest, Islamic Rivalry. I'm going to be buying that book right after the show. I don't—that's one of his books I don't have yet. I don't know why I don't have that, but I, I'm going to get that right after the show. I would urge you to do that as well. Again, his website vicvicmord.com, and also visit lipkintours.com. Stay right where you at, folks. We're going to be right back with our final segment with Avi Lipkin.
2: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our last segment with our guest for this evening, Mr. Avi Lipkin. Excuse me. Uh, Avi Lipkin was with us if you joined us late uh, since the beginning of the show. We've been talking about a number of things. Uh, pertaining to the Middle East and the United States um, Headlines that have been dominating uh, Geopolitical uh, events all across the world uh, We've been getting into t- ISIS, to Russia, Syria uh, A whole number of things um, We have one segment left left with you, Mr. Lipkin A few things I want to, or just one or two things I want to bring up throughout there And then I want you to make sure you, you hit on anything That we didn't talk about tonight The christian persecution we see here in in the west that uh christianity has been under attack they continue to remove uh the bible from all sectors of society both public and private we see the the jesus is is basically hate speech to use the word jesus they're taking prayer out of schools um you know one nation under god is under attack how long, um, you know, do you, in your mind, uh, at the current pace, we see this hatred towards Christianity until it is made illegal here in the United States?
0: Well, you know, I was uh, born in the U.S. in 1949. Uh, I think prayer was taken out of school uh, in America under the Kennedy administration, I think it was 1962, and... Um, 1973 was Roe versus Wade. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that can be overturned somehow. Uh, the Ten Commandments taken out of the courthouse. Uh, in God we trust, uh, taken out of the currency. Um, I mean, it's a very clear direction, which did not start with Obama. There, there is obviously um, a, uh, a socialist or socialist democratic um, uh, liberal approach. I mean, liberal, of course, is in quotes because it's not liberal at all. Uh, I mean, they're liberal with you if you're a liberal like they are, but if you're not a liberal like they are, they're not going to be very liberal with you. Uh, so uh, there has been an attack on Christianity over the last uh, 50 years um, or more. Uh, America is not the great Christian country uh, that it used to be, and I believe there's an agenda. Uh, against Christianity in America and uh, there is a, an agenda uh, in America today, I'm not talking about the Christians mind you, I'm talking about the small vocal minority in Washington that is seeking to annihilate Christianity everywhere um, I mean uh, I'm a Jew, uh, I know what we went through in our Holocaust uh, today the Christians in the Middle East are going through a Holocaust Um and nobody talks about it in the media. Nobody talks about it in, I mean, in Israel, they do talk about it somewhat, but in America, you know, the, the news is all fluff. Um, I'm forming a Judeo-Christian party to run for office here in Israel. Our population is 8%, uh, Christian. Uh, 6% of the population is Jewish married to Christian. So my potential uh, constituency is 14%. I'm hoping to have this party finally uh, resubmitted. We submitted it already one, six months ago and there was, there were procedural problems. We're overcoming that now. Um, but 14% of the population in Israel in our Israeli political system gives me 14, 15 members of Knesset out of 120. Um, and it'll be based on the values, uh, that we all cherish, that Jews and Christians cherish, uh, in the Bible. Uh, Anyway, so I was going into the old city of Jerusalem to meet with some Christian Arab businessmen, and uh, they were very friendly to me personally, but very upset with the United States. And they said to me, why is it, you tell us, why is it that Vladimir Putin is a Christian, and he's the savior of the Christians in Syria, Iraq, and Lebanon, and why is it that President Obama, the Muslim president of the United States... Is in favor of supporting all these Sunni terrorist groups uh, supposedly fighting ISIS which is like you know shadow boxing and uh, uh, why is Obama why is the American military supporting Sunni groups that are annihilating the Christians and blowing up churches so there is a lot of anger amongst uh, Christians in the Middle East that uh, see a, a role reversal a role change. Whereas America used to be the greatest Christian country on earth, today America is a either a Muslim or a globalist, non-denominational cultural diversity uh, uh, sewer. Uh, and Russia is now a uh, having its Russian Orthodox revival. Russia is the true Christian country now. Uh, I, I'm telling you what these uh, what the Arab Christians are telling me and uh you know I ca- I cannot say today that Putin is an enemy and if Putin and Trump get along you know why because they're both Christian and uh, the enemy of the Christian is going to be the globalists and the Muslims together and so uh, I'm looking very carefully at uh, what could happen now you know there are people who are in America blaming Trump saying that if Trump loses there will be a civil war or a race war uh, and this will be, you know, spiked, you know, by uh, Obama, maybe martial law. It'll be spiked by uh, the United Nations. Um, uh, I, I personally am very concerned. You know, sometimes I think to myself, for the last 26 years, I've been half the year in America preaching in churches and half the year in Israel. And, you know, if if these things come to pass in America, God forbid, (laughs) I don't think I can come back to America. I'm going to have to stay in Israel, work on my party, get elected to the Knesset. But, uh, you know, America is changing. This has been a process of many decades against Christianity. And, um, I mean, can you believe it? Can you believe it that I would come out and say that Putin today as a Christian is the good guy and Obama today as a Muslim is the bad guy, and America is being led down an evil path by a Muslim president.
1: You know, I, I I was thinking about that as you were talking, and I, I can't imagine you uh, being from uh, Flushing, uh, Queens, New York, uh, living your life and then g- going to Israel and um, it, making a statement like that. I mean, did you ever think you'd be you know, making such a statement, uh, an assessment
0: like that? Probably not. Hmm. Listen, Uh, I grew up in the Cold War period. Uh, I was always fiercely uh, patriotic uh, for the United States. Um, You know, there's a joke. I don't know if you heard the joke before. What's the difference between Jane Fonda and Bill Clinton? And the answer is Jane Fonda did go to Vietnam. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But but the, the point I'm saying is I studied Russian. I studied Sovietology. Because you cannot defeat the enemy Russia or Soviet communism if you don't learn about them. And so I learned about them. And it turns out Russians are good people. Communism is a horrible system. But Russia is not communist anymore. Russia may have its uh, mafia, oligarch-type problems. Uh, Russia is only now beginning to uh, experiment, perhaps, I don't know, Putin is a czarist. He's not a communist. He's a totalitarian I mean, we have a a throwback. As Yogi Berra used to say, it's deja vu all over again, uh, going back to the czarist uh, period. Um, I personally believe that, I'm very fearful for this, that some oligarch with the backing of the European Union will assassinate uh, Putin. And uh, what do the Russians want? The Russian people, they want to live a better standard of living. That's why the Ukrainians broke away from Russia to join the European Union. But there are a lot of Russians who want to join the European Union. Um, so I don't know how long this episode with uh, Russian orthodoxy and Putin will continue until somebody uh, new comes to power in Russia says, guess what? You know, no more Christianity here either. We're going to be part of the one world government. And, uh, as you know, all the nations do come down on Israel, which will be a Jewish nationalist religious state forever. Um, and God's in charge of that and then the question is will america stop the slide uh, the downhill with, with trump or will america go headlong into the abyss with hillary
1: headlong into the ab- abyss indeed um mr lipkin uh, here we've got about 15 minutes or so whatever we didn't cover please that you want to please do so um speak to the people of the world we've got people all over the world listening it's late where you're at early where you're at whatever the case might be um you were so knowledgeable so many things so many items in, in case we we miss something glossed over something <clears throat> don't want to do that so go ahead and uh take us where you would like to take us at this point the the platform the dais is yours um just going to turn your loose. go
0: ahead okay well thank you uh, I think the testimony uh, that I call the Edmonton Canada testimony is extremely important uh, I'm issuing a final warning to the Jewish people of America that the days of the Jews are coming to an end the Jews in America Canada, Europe are, are some of them are already leaving in Europe especially but as Islam pours its millions and millions of people Uh, ...into the West... ...because of course, you know, the the Islamic countries are all cesspools... Uh, ...and so, I mean, you don't see Christians and Jews moving to Muslim countries... ...you see Muslims going to Christian countries... ...but the bottom line of Islam... ...and I'm quoting from the Hadith now... ...is that on the Day of Judgment, there will be a final battle... ...and Muslims will kill every Jew on the face of the earth... ...and there will be some Jews who temporarily evade death and pursuers... ...they will hide behind rocks and trees... And on that day, Allah will give mouths to the rocks and trees, and they will call out, O Muslim pursuers, there is a Jew here hiding behind me, come and kill him, until every Jew is dead. Uh, You know, my wife uh, used to be a TV announcer, beautiful woman, and uh, I'd always be out of the country preaching, and uh, so she would go and fill up her car with gas at an Israeli gas station run by Palestinians. And they were in love with her because she was a, a, a TV announcer in Arabic. Everyone thought she was an Arab, but then when they found out she was Jewish, they said to her, you know, Rachel, we love you, we have a problem with you, you're a Jew, and you know that Allah is going to give mouths to the rocks and trees, and they're going to call on us to come and kill you. And we don't want to kill you, but we will have to kill you if you don't become a Muslim, so please become a Muslim. Um, now, Christians, this is very important for Christians, uh i don't know if you know you, you want to believe this or not but this is also in the hadith which is part of the islamic teaching and the hadith is more important for muslims than the quran itself the hadith teaches on the day of judgment jesus christ returns a second time as a muslim arabic speaking warrior uh dressed in a ninja outfit on a black horse and he's going to uh, uh, kill the Antichrist, uh, in battle, uh, which, where today the city of Lud is, where the airport is. Uh, he's going to kill the Antichrist, uh, who is a Jew. I don't know if you knew that, that Jesus Christ no. is a Muslim, Antichrist is a Jew. Then Jesus Christ, the Muslim, goes up to Jerusalem, prays on the Temple Mount with his fellow Muslims. Then he comes down from the Temple Mount, breaks the crosses, destroys the churches of the Christians, destroys the synagogues of the Jews. And on that day of judgment, all Jews and Christians will have their throats personally slit by Jesus Christ, the Muslim. So when the Muslims say that they believe in Jesus Christ, that's the Jesus Christ they believe in, the Muslim Jesus Christ, who's going to kill every Jew and Christian. This is very important, and, and, and this is not being taught in schools in America. It's not being taught uh, over the media, except for programs, courageous programs uh, like yours. And one of the things I picked up in Edmonton, Canada... Was that um, the Canadian law enforcement believes that 90% of the Muslims are peacekeeping, law-abiding people, which could be true. Only 10% are terrorists. Now, in America, I say you have 30 million Muslims because you have at least you have uh, at least uh, seven million Sunnis, nine million Shiites, four million Nation of Islam. Right there is 20 and we're not talking about Somalis and the Muslims of the Balkans or Russia or India or Indonesia or Africa, Turks, uh, Somalis. Uh, I believe there are at least 30,000. They come in by stealth. Um, and if 10% of 30 million are terrorists, it's 3 million. Uh, you have 6 million Jews. Um, uh, regarding gun control and the Second Amendment, the Muslim terrorists will always have guns. So you disarm the good people, you disarm the veterans, the military trained people, and then you leave the guns in the hands of the Muslims to kill everybody who they don't like, which is Jews and Christians. So I'm predicting that the day is going to come that the Jews will be slaughtered in the streets of America, uh, you have 80% intermarriage with Christians, so the Christian spouses have to be killed too, and the children. And uh, we're going to have a massive, massive immigration to Israel. And my political party will be the biggest political party in the Israeli government, because if we are 6.5 million Jews and Christians today, tomorrow we're not going to be 6 million, we're going to be 16 million, and uh, maybe more. And I believe that the uh, role of ISIS, the role of the wars we're seeing between the Sunnis and Shiites, is basically God's plan to depopulate the Middle East, Uh, of these uh, Muslims and prepare for Israel's uh, forced expansion. Israel does not want to expand, but Israel's forced expansion into Lebanon, Syria, Iraq up to the Euphrates, we're going to link up with the Kurds, uh, who are our friends, Uh, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and the Egyptian Peninsula of Sinai. So Israel is... I mean, this is my faith. You know, you can call it hate speech, but it's my faith. And it says these things... In Deuteronomy 11 and in Joshua 1, in the Bible, every Jew, every Christian who believes in the Bible knows that Israel's borders are going to expand. Uh, Israel is going to take in over 10 million people, many of which will be Christian. Uh, So I believe our Christian population will grow from 8% to 20 or 30%, and uh, if we believe in democracy... Uh, no taxation without representation then there will be Christians in our government I, Israel will undergo a revolution instead of being only Jews from Soviet socialist countries and only Jews from Islamic countries we will now have a third uh, element in our population which will be Jews and Christians coming in from the west uh, so this is something that uh, at this point I'm very very much uh, alone and people think that I'm crazy uh, but I'm crazy just as God is crazy and uh, all of these things described right in the Bible Uh as for you guys you know the Americans I pray for America to have a Christian revival uh, because a Christian revival is the only way to prevent America from sliding down into the abyss uh into the cesspool of all the things that God hates
1: a- a- Amen and, you know it's um, well you said it well my friend you, you really did and uh want to thank you for it i know it's i know it's very late where you're at um let's take a few seconds here if you don't mind talk about your your latest book or your books uh i I do want to shine the light of uh uh, shine the light on your books because i think they're they're very important and again i'm going to be getting my copy of your latest book but uh uh if you can just just reference your books here uh before we before we cut you loose
0: Okay, well, my uh, firstly, I have uh, CDs and DVDs uh, on my website bookstore. Uh, For people who are limited in funds, I have 47 free YouTubes under the name Avi Lipkin. Uh, They're all free, 47 YouTubes. Uh, There's a lot of teaching out there. And my first book is Is Fanatic Islam a Global Threat?, which uh, deals with um, the political allies of Islam, uh, the Islamic terrorism... Uh, the suppression of the truth by the U.S. government in the 1990s under Bill Clinton's administration, uh, Oklahoma City bombing, the downing of the uh, TWA 800. Um, uh, uh, of course, Oklahoma City bombing is very important. There are many things in that first book. That's my classic book. I've sold about 100,000 in that first book, uh, also in German. Um, my second book is called Christian Revival for Israel Survival, where indeed I say that the Jews... In America are now shrinking in population. The Christians, the Muslims are growing in population. Uh, and so today there are 30 million Muslims and 6 million Jews. So, uh, America today is a Christian Muslim country. And, and uh, Obama said it in his inauguration speech in uh, January, uh, 19, uh, 2000, and, uh, uh, when was he elected? 2008, I think, 2009. Yes. January 2009. My third book is basically a continuation of the first two books with new information, including Oklahoma City bombing, proving it was a Saddam Hussein bombing. But it also deals with the Islamic agenda after 9/11 to destroy it, to continue to destroy America and to Islamize it, but you know make it stop being Christian. My fourth book, Israel's Bible Block, deals with the party that I'm creating to run for the Knesset. My fifth book is a, a study on the book of Genesis, and it's called Islam Prophesied in Genesis. And it explains why Allah is Satan, Lucifer the devil, and why Islam is not a religion, but a criminal psychosis worse than Nazism. Uh, because Nazism wanted to kill only the Jews, Islam wants to kill everybody, including the Muslims. Uh, my sixth book is Return to Mecca, which is a study on the book of, uh, of um, uh, Exodus and it explains why uh, uh Saudi Arabia is part of the land of Israel and why Mount Sinai is part of Israel. Uh Jim and Penny Caldwell speak about this in their teachings about Mount Sinai, being in Northwest Arabia. And then, of course, my seventh book is about the war in the Middle East today.
1: Fantastic. Th- thank you so much for that recap. Uh Mr. Lipkin, we're going to let you go so you can get some rest. Thank you so much for your gift of time. Um, yeah, we, we just we, th- th- thank you again so much for and for being the person that you are, for for being the the, uh, the having the the courage and the and the integrity to go out there and to set people right on what's really happening, and what's really taking place out there. And we wish you all of the success in the world with establishment uh, with the establishment of your party in Israel. And, uh, we hope to talk to you again, perhaps after the election. What's your gut telling you? Just before we cut you loose, I gotta ask you, what's your gut telling you about this election? Um do, do, do you think that we're going to see a Trump victory or do you think we're gonna see a Hillary victory? I don't want to hold your feet to the fire at all. I'm just kind of curious as to what your, you know, what your gut is telling you on this.
0: Well, obviously, uh, I'm not a prophet. Obviously, I support Trump. Um, I will say one thing, though, that uh, here in Israel, as I said before, the uh, media is controlled by the socialists. It's, it's a hangover, a holdover from the uh, socialist leadership of Israel since 1922. And uh, I would say it's funny, but it's it's really sad. Uh, every time we have elections in Israel, the media says that the left is going to win, and in the end, Bibi wins, and uh, Netanyahu. And uh, it's all never BB. BB is never going to form the government. And every election in the last 20 years, almost 20 years, the Likud and the BB uh, form the government. Um, I think that in the United States today, uh, uh, American politics is like a pendulum, and it swings right, it swings left, it swings right, it swings left. So you have Republicans eight years, then you have Democrats eight years, then you have Republicans eight years, and then you have Democrats eight years. I think. The cycle of the Democrats is now uh, winding down. Uh, I mean, that's what logic would say to me. Uh, right. But it, it could be inherently you have a very corrupt, uh, illogical system rigging the elections. And I could understand why Trump said what he said. I could understand why people are saying that there could be civil war, God forbid, in the United States. Uh, because there's a lot of hanky-panky, and it's not representing the uh, democracy of America that we all know and love. Uh, I am praying to God that Trump wins uh, for the good of America and for the good of Israel. Uh, I cannot see good things coming out of a Hillary uh, victory, uh, but it could be. You know, Hillary uh, might uh, be elected president and then uh, have one of her temper tantrums and nuke Russia or nuke the South, the Arabs or nuke somebody um, <laughs> and uh, force uh, all the Jews to go home to Israel. Maybe Hillary is part of God's uh, redemptive plan to bring the Jews home. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Avi Lipkin, th- thank you so very much, my friend. God bless you, and uh, may, may God keep you safe and, and give my best to your wife and, and uh, your family for us. Thank you so much for joining us tonight.
0: Thank you. God bless you, and God save America.
1: Amen. Thank you, Mr. Lipkin. You have a great night, and God bless you as well. Thanks for your time. And, and you know what, folks? That's we need to be praying for uh, Mr. Lipkin his family. We need to be praying for Israel, the people of Israel, too. I, I really believe Absolutely. that, you know. Um, uh there's so much negativity about Israel, and, and I was thinking today, Joe, about uh, uh, how people equate, you know, Jews with all oh, their the head of the banking industry and their the media. It just it, the anti-Semitism that, that we're seeing here in, in this country and worldwide is just ramping up beyond any anything. And I guess some of it's understandable. Um,
2: the Bible does explain uh, some of the reasons behind it. One of the major explanations is that you have people who call themselves Jews but are not. I mean, well, and pretend to appear to be Jews but are absolutely not. And, and that's, complete, what they, uh, that's what Ted Rohrer talks about too. Right. They're 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 the complete opposite and call it whatever you will, you know, this global satanic elite mafia that does run the banking industries that does run Hollywood that does run uh, you know these foreign governments and and all the corruption um just because they call themselves Jewish does not make it so, but you have people who are intellectually uh, uh, unable or unwilling to look into the truth of the matter and do the research for themselves from reading the Bible to reading about you know the truth behind uh the the powers that are pulling the strings in this world, That's right. and when that happens, and it breeds ignorance, you'll have oh, uh, people ignorance. you know yes. just sticking to stereotypes that are created out of ignorance, and using those as scapegoats, trying to to use those to blame uh, people. But when this world's all all said and said and done, and everything's all said and done in this world, and we are on the other side, I think the Lord will show us how wrong so many of us were in our ways of thinking and 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 why we were wrong. Um, I believe that too. I
1: uh, I think a lot of us are going to be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Whoops, yep. Hey, on the other side. I just want to let people know on the other side uh we're going to talking about Mr. Fixit. Remember this, folks? Remember this? Uh, let me let me hold this up here. Remember this? Mr. Fixit. Uh I'm holding up for those people video challenge. I'm holding up a a copy of the National Enquirer. Uh, yeah, that's that's the doctor. From, that's edited. Okay, wait a second. This is not, uh, the, That's the, not the real paper. paper. Maybe it's not the real paper. That, you know,
2: they, they like they edit the James O'Keefe tapes and they <laughs> have edited the emails. That's a <laughs> well, spoof paper. See,
1: the, the reason I bring this up is because on Hannity tonight, Mister Fixer uh-huh. is going to be on Hannity at ten o'clock tonight. So um, no, Deborah Brazil, Debbie
2: Brazil, or whoever's the head of the DNC was asked by Megyn Kelly. About them starting violence in the uh, different Trump rallies, with the evidence right in her face, and she kept saying, "Oh no, that's you know that's a criminal yeah, you doctoring know, you evidence." was do Brazil. I want to go. Well, she's done that to well, herself pretty good, folks. To... We'll be right back with our final hour on this Monday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Right after this, stay with us.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for staying with, with us. Uh, thank you so much, and thanks for joining us as we talk to Avi Lipkin all the way from Israel. You know, isn't he a, a great man, and uh, his books are tremendous. Good reads. Good, I mean, it, the the latest book, which I, I, for some reason, I don't have, but I'm going to get that tonight. Um, i got to get that tonight. Uh, very much on the cutting edge of biblical prophecy. I think he really, you know, the three things that he mentioned that the three tasks, and he has talked about that before, of Obama, to destroy Iran, destroy Israel, and, of course, destroy Christian America. Isn't that interesting? Of course, he references his wife, Rachel, um, the, the who was dealing with um, translation and transliteration um, in for uh, various um, foreign language uh, locations and it's interesting that we're seeing this unfold and very quickly and as I mentioned before the break uh, Sean Hannity tonight at 10 o'clock like him hate him it doesn't I don't care it, I'm just telling you the venue um, he's going to have mr fix it now it's my understanding mr this mr fix it is going to be on camera i I guess because the national enquirer the copy I had here right here uh let me grab it here yeah, uh, this copy of the National Enquirer, which which came out last week, doesn't give any names. There's a nine-page spread in here. Yeah, I can I can hold it up. I'm good at props, right? Um, there's a nine-page sp- spread in here. Nothing you probably already don't already know, but if he's going to display his journals and, and authenticate the what is said in here, that's going to be pretty important. Um, obviously, and and my guess, and I could be totally wrong. I do know some of the players in this. Jack Palladino, in my view, uh is in the running to be this Mr. Fixit. Now in case you don't know who Jack Palladino is, he's a he's a PI. He's a private investigator in California, but he's also an attorney. And um he uh uh he, he's he was pretty busy in the uh with the Clintons covering up a lot of their scandals. And if it's not him, uh well Paladino's still the source. Uh, he was hired again. Paladino was by, hired by Bill Clinton uh, by the committee to challenge a smear campaign intended to deny Clinton the Democratic nomination. This, according to Wikipedia, uh, basically Paladino still or was a hitman. I guess I shouldn't say still, but was a hitman by definition um, in terms of the political uh, uh, smears that he works it's one thing as a PI you know it's interesting too be, being a PI I, I've been on that end of things where the political end of things where you're delivered a uh, hey do a background on this person well it's not really a legitimate background you know it's it's the intent there to smear someone whether perhaps it's a nominee to a to, to a, a, a post of some kind uh it's ugly business it, it really is so that's kind of why i think it, it's paladino you know, we'll see though at 10 o'clock if uh if it plays out the way it's supposed to play out folks portions nice broadcast as i mentioned uh brought to you by a zip recruiter but also i, I want to talk to you too get prepared go to american survival that's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. survival get prepared you need long-term storable food i was taking some inventory of my pantry and my goodness you know um short on stuff right we're all short on things aren't we they've got the best of food products long-term survival food in my view the thrive brand is really a great brand that they've got and you can actually get it less expensive from american survival than you can from other places up to and including even the manufacturer's um, website for for the, the that food product so uh they've got the best that's uh the Thrive brand, in my view, and I've, we've tasted, it. we've made it. Uh, lady, the studio dog is laying right by my feet. She, you know, she likes it. Um, and, and I would suggest, I would at this point, I would, I would suggest now beginning to introduce that food if you if you can do it into your family's diet. Um, now, I tried this with my daughter and my wife, and uh, the suspicion was, why are you cooking anyway? Uh, the the food itself. Is it, it? It's. It tastes great. It tastes. It doesn't. It doesn't taste like it's reconstituted. And, and that's the thing. You don't want to be eating sawdust and cardboard, or what tastes like sawdust and cardboard in the in a, in an emergency. So AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com definitely veteran owned Christian owned And also, if you don't have one already, think about what an EMP would do uh, to, to this country. The power outages. Well, MinuteManStove.com. MinuteManStove.com. And the rocket. Stove Miniman Rocket Stove is the perfect survival cooking stove for you and your family. It's a stove that uses just a little amount of wood, about one-tenth of the wood a normal fire would require. It heats like a kitchen stove would, uh, despite the small amount of fuel. It is fully insulated with ceramic ref- refractory insulation. You could set it on a picnic table. It is virtually smokeless, so you're not bothered by the smoke and the smoke doesn't give away your position if that is a concern Um, the Minuteman stove is self-contained it seals airtight for travel and for storage it's the only self-contained rocket stove on the market it's a 50 caliber ammo can design features a lid that's got the rubber seal carrying handle, it's really a cool item and it weighs 14 pounds it travels well, it travels clean no smells or soot will get inside your vehicle and those are just some of the some of the benefits and it's made in america by americans and and minuteman's also minuteman the uh, minutemanstove.com they're also serving with our troops uh overseas in iraq and afghanistan and i want to thank
2: lane miller he uh i got my rocket stove uh last week and i used it this weekend i just were you without it, power? No, no. I just wanted to try it out, and I uh, boiled some water, and ended up cooking just a thing—a
1: quick thing—a ramen
2: noodles, just to see how. That's it That's how it we eat here. See, we're down to, I was showing my wife how how it worked. W- we uh, need
1: your support. We're down to Raymond noodles.
2: <laughs> no, but she was uh, really impressed with with how it worked and yeah, uh, how easy it was. I didn't have to use a lighter or anything. I did what Lane. Using uh, the, 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 the fire, start. fire starters, yeah, those it. are
1: amazing things too.
2: Yeah, especially the cotton balls uh, dipped in, in yeah. vaseline. Yes. It's amazing I how, how that. good that works. And uh, wow, you know, it boiled the Weird water thought. quickly and cooked the noodles, and it was,
1: uh, it was interesting. It was a fun little uh, experience. So, men uh, and man, yeah. man rockets, though. Now we we have a lot of things to get into. We've been following. I don't know, how, folks. Have you been following James O'Keefe? The latest. Uh, uh, disclosures there if you haven't uh, i would suggest doing so it's it's some what people disclosures?
2: say the, what, the, what the edited, today. oh yeah deceptively edited
1: videos released by that. a criminal that's right oh discreet I, I love how they uh they introduce some discredited uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pedophile
2: <laughs> my goodness they say.
1: and we're also following too uh the 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 case of uh Julian Assange. We have all of the emails. I mean, essentially, we've we've downloaded and have on a separate hard drive that's not connected to any network at all, uh, outside network. All of the emails. We're going through Some of the emails there. Uh, just going through this, folks. I mean, my goodness. As you go through these emails and you look at the uh, the subject lines and the to and the from. Uh, you, yeah you'll find nuggets of good, good nuggets there
2: there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out um there was a list of 65 pro Hillary journalists that were all invited to a dinner at the Podesta house uh and there's a list that on the emails that, that came out I just was, was going over the list Yeah, uh of 65 different Having no shame <laughs> no they don't they have no shame whatsoever um wikileaks list at least 65 mainstream media reporters uh were meeting with and or coordinating offline with top hillary advisors since before her nomination so i mean that's just very eye opening and um you know the media collusion is is just unbelievable and the proof of that is um I mean, it's everywhere. It's it's everywhere. If you just look, it's there. Another uh, piece about the media, um, you know, we talk about the big six corporations and how uh, these top media industries or companies own pretty much the whole industry. Well, we're looking at another major merger as AT&T and Time Warner may signal the start of new media industry consolidation. Um, And this is uh, big news in the world of of media, um, this was reported out of Reuters, and what it boils down to is Time Warner Cable and AT and T are going to be merging to bring together the
1: country's largest wireless and pay TV providers and cable networks. No, no, stop right there because you know what I saw this weekend. Because no, um. Well, on a political forum, that, that's that's a democratic forum, obviously, the okay. mm-hmm. democratic underground. Uh, I was amazed at how many people said, "Oh, that's this is censorship." Trump is suggesting censorship. I, I, I'm thinking uh, when I when I was reading this, what? I mean, I mean, <laughs> he's not because it's just the opposite. He, this is and, controlling the controlling all of the. Um, now, I mean. The, the the fewer outlets you have the more ch- or the fewer choke points it, that's yeah insane. and you have to understand
2: companies like Time Warner Cable they own you know stations like CNN yeah, HBO yeah. TBS the Weather Channel all these other uh uh network, networks underneath them and AT&T they are uh, a phone wireless service provider and you know they, they're continuing to merge and we're uh, con- they say in the time of the internet and Netflix and other streaming uh, capabilities and companies. It is hurting the uh, cable TV uh, ratings uh, a whole lot and it's hurting the advertisers that they put on cable TV because when you have streaming services like Amazon or Netflix, you pay a monthly fee of 7 to $10 and you can uh, watch as much as you want without being interrupted by
1: commercials. Which... By the way, that's why I have a hard time thinking, too, when you mention Amazon. These companies like Amazon, for example, and others, um, I have a hard time believing the Internet is going to be disrupted. When I say disrupted, I'm taken down. I think... To clarify that, I think parts of the internet will, but some—I mean—it's going to lose some of the functionality of it. Oh, they'll leave up—they'll the, leave up things that will keep people distracted. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know,
2: they'll leave up. I mean, even YouTube. But look at YouTube and Twitter and what's happening during this election cycle. Um, you know, people are having their accounts deleted, terminated, they're being uh, uh, suspended. Yep. For supporting Trump, but they're you know, uh, and other uh, reasons like they they'll say uh, you know you're creating uh, disturbances or you know your your talk is is threatening in nature, uh, but yet they will leave up Facebook pages you know assassinate Donald Trump and they uh, allow the calling for violence. It's it's one-sided censorship, and what you're going to see is the uh, political speech. Any type of speech that is in opposition to their agenda, their goals, their narratives will continue to be uh, drowned out, censored, um, and outright banned. You see how the Google Analytics and, and searches and the Facebook Timeline functions bury the important news and news yes. with certain keywords and tags in it. <coughs> uh, so people. We're seeing that. Right. right. So people can't see it. And then mm-hmm. so you know, back to this story. This just goes to, to show, you know, um, how further uh, these companies are colluding with each other to create a monopoly, um, yep, on the ability to deliver content. Not only on, on, you know, through the TV and satellite, but now, uh, cable networks are teaming up with uh, phone companies, so they're going to be able to control the message from your TV to your phone to your radio. And, and who started uh, the that? beginning? Well, where
1: did that come from? Uh, the, this 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 centralization of of the media under whose administration was this? It was Clinton, but it, of course, people look at that and say, uh, you know, the deregulation, or was it Clinton? Who started? Uh, i now. I'm thinking it would be the um, deregulation of of the uh, media. Oh, I have no idea. No oh, I idea. should know this anyway. But but it was. It, I, I guess uh, it, it regardless, it, it was a joint venture between. Some people will say, well, it's, it happened under a, a Democratic administration or a Republican administration, whichever the case might be. But uh, it, uh, I guess that's even that that even speaks to the point. It doesn't matter because it is a uniparty globalist thing. It's not just a Republican-Democrat thing anymore. It's it's a uniparty globalist agenda to control what is being said out there. Um, By the way, I want to take a moment and I want to tell everyone uh, uh, boy, I'm so excited to to mention this. I, I had a so I, I had a, a telephone conference scheduled for earlier today. Something, uh, kind of an emergency came up, and I missed the telephone conference. And I apologize to our new sponsor coming up, Omaha Steaks. I happened to pick up the National Enquirer, and I was looking at the back side of it. You saw the front side. I was showing you that, right? The back side, of, it, of course, is Omaha Steaks. Um, I just want to say welcome aboard, welcome aboard to Omaha Steaks, who's, who's, who's a sponsor of our program. They have the most delicious food. Um, and I want to apologize to, to the people I stood up at Omaha Steaks today for, because of uh, an urgent situation that came up and I missed the, the conference call. But you're going to be hearing more about this and they've got a special coming up and I'm going to try to get the, uh, the head guy Omaha Steaks on here and, and talk about uh, a few things. You're going to be very surprised, but I just want to, again, welcome Omaha Steaks. Uh, I didn't know enough, uh, I that kind of activity constituted an emergency. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, always a joker over here. Um, anyway, yeah, So, you, but, but the, the news
2: didn't stop this weekend.
1: No, it didn't. There's a the story
2: I posted on, on Hagman Report earlier today that I want to make sure we talk about because this is... Uh, This is just outrageous. (laughs) Pentagon demands return of cash bonuses paid to California soldiers for going to war a decade ago. Now, think about that. The Pentagon is seeking to recover decade-old re-enlistment bonuses paid to thousands of California Army National Guard soldiers to go to fight in Iraq and Afghanistan. The Los Angeles Times reported Sunday. The paper reported that nearly 10,000 soldiers, many of whom risked their lives during multiple combat tours, have been ordered to repay the cash bonuses after audits revealed widespread overpayments by California Guard officials under pressure to meet enlistment targets at the height of the wars 10 years ago. But soldiers say the military is uh, going back on old agreements and imposed severe financial hardships on those who... Only mistake was to accept the bonuses, which amounted to about $15,000 or more. The Army asked wounded Iraq veteran and former Army Captain Christopher Van Metter 42, to repay a $25,000 dollars reenlistment bonus. It said he was eligible, or I'm sorry, ineligible to receive. He was also asked to repay $21,000 in student loan repayments. Uh, Van Metter told the paper that rather than fight the Army, he paid back the money after refinancing his home. These bonuses were used to keep people in Van Mitterk said. See, People like me just got screwed.
1: Well, well, okay, so Joe, explain to me how that works, and folks, in case oh, you, I, you haven't heard yeah, this, I mean... It doesn't work. <laughs> well, well how, how, can they, how can they... How about they can reimburse their money
2: from finding the $6 billion that went missing from the State Department? Right. Maybe the Federal Reserve can print, you know, uh, the amount of bonuses that were paid out. One thing I don't understand about this is, uh, from my understanding, when you re-enlist, when you enlist or re-enlist You sign a contract, which in the contract discloses a certain amount of money that you will get as a signing bonus or a re-enlistment bonus. Yep. It also, uh, details, you know, how they'll pay for your college if you, um, take courses the way that they structure you to. And, but to come back at these soldiers after so many of them went to war, as the article points out, more than one time deployed overseas to fight. Some of them are injured. Some of them are handicapped from those battles. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 are being asked to repay bonuses yes. because of the army's own mistake, and one paralyzed, or I'm sorry, one. Oh, I, was injured, it a
1: mistake or because or, I don't think yes, they, the army made the mistake. Okay, so so they were considered overpaid. The army is what you're
2: conceded. Telling me. Yeah, that they they were overpaid, and they signed a contract that they the, the soldier said. They signed a contract. They literally risked their life to fulfill. Now they say, when uh, we want somebody in the government, anybody to say this is wrong, and we'll stop going after his money. Now this is the uh, uh, Metter commenting on why he chose to, to pay back uh, the money rather than fight the army. Right. But what is uh, startling here is um, the how disgraceful this is uh, following the army's call to help after September 11th sending these people to war under false pretexts really in two countries for going on over 13 years now they're now being asked to pay back money that was given to them as the deal was made they, they took the money and they reenlisted now they're going, the army's just saying that if they don't pay the money back they're going to break. They're going to be breaking the law. Okay. And how does this? If they don't pay this back, how are they're going to get the money? Are they going to take it out of their pensions? See, are they going to? I mean, are these people, these these war heroes, are they going
1: to have benefits taken away, medical benefits taken away, their pensions taken away? Uh, I mean, I certainly. Uh, in, in, you know what, folks? Any one of us, and I'm sure if you're listening to, to us out there, you're probably in the same position. We could not afford that. If we if we were given compensation uh, 10 years ago, a decade ago, we'll say, and then forced to repay it, this being the government forcing us to repay this, how would you do that? Um, you uh, know, I think the Army should be able
2: to foot the bill with all the money they're making from opium sales in Afghanistan. Uh, they should
1: easily be able to cover you well, know, no, no, what no, they want. No, back that's not the, the military necessarily. That's the military uh, industrial so complex. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I am going to have to. We're going to have to wrestle you and I get the Nerf bat. We are going to have to bring the Nerf bat back up. Um, See, the, the thing that bothers now that me, we're on camera, it's, it's not the, it's not like these people got bonuses and
2: never were deployed anywhere, never, you know, uh, no, served they, their country. They, they did serve their country. Yes. They held it up. There. They held up their end of the bargain. They held up their end of the contract, and because it was this mistake made by the government, now they're turning around and trying to make the soldiers who. Uh, received the money, uh, pay for it.
0: And yep. it's not yep. like,
2: I mean, they had, from wha- the way I read this, they're talking about, you know, a reenlistment bonuses of $15,000. They're going to get something anyways, whether it was five dollars or $10,000. It looks like some of it was just overpaid or, um, they were paid, uh, more than what was, uh, allotted. But it sounds like they're trying to make them pay back everything. How about the President pays back you know the ten trillion dollars he added to the national debt, and then we can go back and ask the soldiers to pay back it it's
1: it i mean it's just it's that, that made me mad when I read that article today uh, well, you know what else should make people angry that the Department of Justice says it's illegal to 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 stop voter fraud okay mm-hmm. because you could violate federal mm-hmm. federal law it, uh, no it is uh, illegal. To stop voter fraud? To stop
2: voter fraud. So,
1: okay, folks, uh, we're... And you know, you know what they cite as the example?
2: You know what they cite as the example? The two no. Black Panthers standing outside the Philadelphia voting office in 2008.
1: <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Go to Breitbart and look at it. I know. I know. I, I mean, folks, think about that. Uh, how much sense does all of this make? And, you know, after the after this break, we're going to be getting some heavy-duty news. I, really, you've got to stay where you're at. And I... We want to say hello to, uh, to our listeners overseas as well as all across the United States and Canada. Thank you so much for listening and, and, uh, thank you to Global Star Radio Network. Thank you to Blog Talk Radio Network. Thank you, uh, uh, so much for carrying our program. But yes, uh, Black Panthers, not. now look, we, here, here's what we're going to need to do. Uh, we uh, we want our bonuses back. Yes. <laughs> but we know we should, you know what we should do this election is, um, is, is take our PR24s, the, the, the well take APR let me rephrase that. Get a nightstick from a police officer I, and dress up as a Black Panther. I don't
2: want to break the law by stopping voter fraud. So I'm gonna vote with an absentee ballot I'm and then show up vote and vote enough, right? at at as many polling places as possible. I don't wanna you know I don't wanna break the law.
1: Now speaking of voting, is Madonna on her knees still or is <laughs> somebody suing her? For, for a breach of contract or what? <laughs> yeah,
2: because he's the person who is voted has voted, has uh, voted yeah. for Hillary Clinton, <laughs> and services
1: were not rendered. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, 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 see, and folks, if you so, don't know what we're talking about, don't uh, look into it. Yeah, don't. But, but but isn't that isn't that where we're at morally and spiritually as a country? I, and I think that, that that's that's true. By the way, uh, Thursday, Steve Quayle is going to be on our program. I was talking with him this morning early. Man, that guy wakes up like like at three in the morning. Okay, you know he calls us. Hey, what are you doing? You know, it's like six thirty in the morning. You in the office, huh? It's like yeah, Steve. Guess what? Yeah, you know I just got back last week. I was working on this, uh, working on the uh, uh, True Legend three. And you should take, go look at the photo of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hilarious. Okay, even lady the studio dog is down there in my office. Get there thinking before even the any phone rings, and and the phone rings, and I look at Steve Quayle and and anyway, you go to SteveQuayle.com look at the photo of the day. Uh, he's look at the photo of the day on SteveQuayle.com dot com. Just look at it. He, he he said I took that picture this weekend, and you know that white dot, oh man. You look at the white dot. Look at the white dot. I'm not making fun of Steve, Steve. I love you. I'm not even making fun of you. Uh, it's just that early in the morning. You know, you have to kind of get that. Feel for it, but but uh, he said that man the 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 chemical trailing, chemical chemical spraying over the area that they were at, and that white dot. Just look at that white dot. His camera equipment is amazing, and he's well, going to be talking about true legends too. When we come back from uh the break, going into
2: our last segment, we're going to hit on some news. Twenty thousand 20, strong supporters turn out for a Trump event in Tampa, Florida. Also, other election news, concerns grow over George Soros' control uh, or concerns grow over Soros-linked voting machines and his control over them. Sixteen states may have been using balloting equipment from a company tied to the leftist billionaire. Uh, We're going to get into those stories and more Uh, Obamacare rates set to hike into the double digits into next year we're going to talk about that and more on the other side stay with us
1: On social media, Facebook Hagman Report, Twitter is at Hagman Report. I've got my own Facebook. It's, uh, what is it? Doug, Douglas Hagman or Doug, yeah, Douglas Hagman. Um actually it's gonna be Lady, Lady, Lady O's. It's gonna be, <laughs> let me start over. It's gonna be Lady the Studio Dogs, uh, 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 Facebook, I think. She's, uh, making her appearances everywhere, it seems. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, Eric the Tech, it blows my mind. Folks, follow Eric the Tech on Twitter, at Real Tech Eric, okay? Real Tech Eric. You want to laugh? I mean, just, if you want to just, some side-splitting laughter, or just things that, you know, sometimes sometimes you just need to smile. You really just need to laugh and make fun of things. Yeah, Real Tech Eric, Um he didn't ask me to promote it. I'm just saying, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, this is coming from our studio. <laughs> okay. I think he's trying to see if he can get himself banned on Twitter, but, uh, uh anyway. Uh, Canada Free Press, uh, Judy McLeod wrote an article, which, uh, this is from today. Uh, Judy McLeod from Canada Free Press, the, the, the folks, they've got a, a great, The Mark Petroni has got the, uh, daily, uh, uh, video news, but, Mark, or, uh, Judy McLeod, uh, wrote an article today about, uh, demystifying election 2016. Now, Judy in, uh, Kansas Free Press is probably more American than, more U.S. than any, than, than a lot of Americans, okay? But here's what she writes. She writes that we already know the outcome of this year's election, that Donald Trump is gonna win in the landslide, but the globalist controlled progressives will claim victory. How do we know that? Because that's what they've been doing all along, claiming that that uh, election 2016 was Hillary's to win from the get-go. And haven't they been doing that? When when you look at it, and and this is something I just noticed, Um, you you look at things and, and you see how little things, and Joe and I were talking about this too, are planted in your head. For example, little ideas it's it's history a women's you know it's the women and kane yesterday uh, on the in, we are in philadelphia when kane was talking and hillary was um you know having to having the to, to rest while kane was talking was wow what a what a wuss kane is i'm sorry isn't he a he wuss he reminds me of
2: one of those creepy clowns that have been you know running around scaring people in different H- hence counties. real
1: tech Eric on Twitter. You got to, uh, <laughs> Oh but, yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Uh so th- there's a connection there but but what what we have to have an, a woman president and and see the the people I've talked to um but but it's deeper than this obviously. But it almost seems like a done deal. I'm concerned though uh when you, when you look at the electoral college there's a couple of electoral college maps that are out It takes 270 to win. The uh, Electoral College, all all of the maps uh, from the Electoral College show Hillary Clinton decisively far advanced over Trump. And we're going to do a segment one
2: of these days before the election, specifically on how the Electoral College works legally. Right. How they're supposed to work, what's supposed to happen. If everything goes according to law, how exactly that will play out.
1: Uh, Yes, yes. But... So but there's a lot of hanky panky going on, and I do believe, and this goes to our guest tonight uh earlier avi Lipkin, and it goes to Carl Gallops too, and it goes to others um uh, what is going to happen, regardless of who wins on election day twenty sixteen what is going to happen if it's a Trump victory, what is going to happen with the body of the Clinton hear me roar followers? Or if it's a Clinton victory, what is going to happen to, with or by the conservative Trump followers? Now, the latter I'm not too concerned with in terms of, you no, like, it'll be bad. burning villages, okay? You know, looting, raining uh, cats and dogs, <laughs> volcano eruptions. Well, no, I'm talking about if Hillary wins. Okay, I'm, <laughs> uh, with respect to that, I think it's going to be chaos regardless is that planned and folks is that chaos planned is that part of the plan no they science? don't
2: plan those kind of things of course they don't not, plan right? violence and protests and no of course not but it, i mean we have talked about with several guests on here about the plans if trump wins to crash the economy to make him you know look like an idiot
1: and, and could that so, very well be whoever, are they willing to crash the whole
2: united states economy trust me they're going to be prepared to crash a few cities with violence.
1: But, but, well, again, though, my question is, is this individual that, that is selected to be in the seat in the White House the one to usher in the end of the American dream? I mean, is that... Um, will that person see the end? I mean, or, or have to manage the end, whether it's the economy, whether it's war. What, um, the, the globalists behind the scenes, obviously, are, are managing everything. Now, no, I, I'm just—I I don't know. This is three-dimensional chess at its at its finest, and um, but but obviously said it well too. You know, it's simple, but there there there's some complexity to its to its uh, to the way it's playing out. All right, Joe, I'm going to kick it over to you, folks. Thanks for keeping uh, t- tuning in. Thanks for spending your three hours with us. We we really believe it it's an investment we're, by the way I should add one more thing and I'm going to shut up I bring letters that we're, we're getting we get a lot a lot of mail to our office and I want to thank each and every one for your, your I don't care if it's written on a napkin we read what, what you folks send and uh, so many great letters some so much great information we got a box a, I'm going a box. back two years ago we got a huge box two years ago a, a box we have a room of boxes but, but somebody had really done a great job again I can't I'm not allowed, or I'm not. I don't have the license to say who it was, but this box weighed uh, 50, 52, or 53 pounds, full of papers. And believe it or not, this is two years ago, 23 months ago. And I just, we just got through going through these papers uh, that was that were sent to us. And you think, well, wait a minute, what took you to, You know, two years Well, we don't have you know 100 people working for us. Okay, it's us. Look at us. We gotta sleep once in a while. What do you mean? What are you laughing over there? I so said, look at us and Eric's going, yeah, ooh, ooh. that's a purple sticks for, indeed, <laughs> healthmasters.com. But anyway, so, uh, but we're going to have a, we're going to dedicate some, some part uh, of our show to uh, mail as well. Go ahead, Joe. I've All right. Enough. Um,
2: some important news. This is something that we touched on last week. There was an 18 page pdf released about the Uh, countering the new strategic implementation plan 2016 strategic implementation plan to counter violent extremism and i might actually have it with me here but there is an article in the new american that sums it up nicely obama unleashes intervention teams to wage war on ideology period ideologies period okay And this goes on to talk about, it says, The year after the dictator-dominated the United Nations declared war on ideologies such as anti-Muslim bigotry and opposition to mass immigration, the White House cooked up a fresh version of the Obama administration's national plot to prevent people from adopting unapproved ideologies. The controversial scheme aims to deploy community-based teams of mental health workers teachers, law enforcement officers, social service employees, faith leaders, and others to stop the spread of ideologies that Obama claims can be dangerous or violent. (laughs) Analysis and critics of the White House plan warn that Obama's supposed attack on violent ideologies was, in reality, a thinly veiled assault on conservatives and political opponents of his agenda to fundamentally transform the united states almost all uh, almost from the start of his term the obama administration was remarkably candid targeting conservatives libertarians patriots veterans pro life activists nationalists and other and others as extremists and even potential terrorists various obama bureaucracies um gave a steady stream of propaganda painting hundreds of millions of mainstream Americans uh, as the enemy merely for their religious or political views. Now, so what's this A new 18-page plan was first reported by Reuters on October 19th. It represents the first time an administration's policy for, prevent, for preventing violent extremism has been updated. The established controlled media reported, the policy aims to prevent... Conversations to all violent ideologies. Reuters reporter Julia Edwards added, citing the document, which still does not appear to have been released publicly, it was not immediately clear what constitutional or statutory authority the White House imagines it possesses to police people's ideologies.
1: Or to hijack local
2: governments to interfere with people's personal beliefs.
1: And and this is how, this is a a war against Christianity, this is a war against conservatism, this is a war against God, this is a war against your belief in in life before birth, that is, you know, the... uh, uh, the sanctity of life in the womb. This is a war against all of that, and it's a, a tactic in order to stop you from from saying it publicly. And it was released um, and published. It was in September, strategic right,
2: implementation right? plan for empowering local partners to prevent violent extremism in the United States, September. dated October twenty sixteen. Okay, October, hmm. and it's an eighteen page PDF, and it goes through um, it. it talks about a number of things countering violent extremism uh... not only the violent extremists but also targeting the their supporters uh... from inspiring radicalizing financing recruiting individuals or groups in the u-s to commit acts of violence It talks about uh... how violent extremists have many motivations they're not limited uh... to any single population re uh, region or ideology They've utilized the internet and other technologies, specifically social media platforms, to reach greater number of people and tailor messages to appeal to different audiences. Uh, this talks about how they're going to create different task force um, using the term countering violent extremism, which refers to uh, proactive actions to counter efforts by extremists to recruit, radicalize, mobilize followers to violence. Now, the task force are going to include uh, or branches from the DHS, DOJ, FBI, NCTC, and other federal departments. One, they're going to enhance engagement with local communities. Two, they're going to build government and law enforcement expertise to prevent violent extremism. Three, they're going to counter violent extremist propaganda, propaganda while promoting our ideals is what they say and how are they going to go about doing this Uh, one to counter violent extremist propaganda while promoting their own ideals they're going to uh, create communications and digital strategies and they're going to engage in technical assistance whether that be DDOS attacks against those people they view as opponents to creating messages of propaganda aimed at countering those they perceive to have violent extremist ideologies um, they talk about how, in this whole process, they're going to have to be very careful when it comes to what role civil rights and liberties play um, in safeguarding the Constitution and balancing the uh, the going after violent extremists. They say that the strategy makes clear that protecting civil rights and liberties is paramount in itself to helping counter violent extremism. And it also goes on to say that protection of individuals' privacy and freedom of expression is essential is essential to work to this work and will be woven into all efforts, but they also go on to say that they are end around uh to civil liberties in ways that you won't know about. It's not like they're going to get a warrant. come to your house and say we're searching through your phone records. This is what we're when have been seeing uh internet electronic surveillance uh, the NSA style monitoring through your computers, your TVs, your telephone lines, your phones Um, just about everything that plugs in in your house can double as a a microphone or a receiver and transmitter but one thing that's uh, really, and I've only went through half of this with a a fine tooth comb Uh, one thing that sticks out and that is mentioned a whole lot is the role of the internet now not only that but they talk about the different types of attitudes and behaviors of individuals on the internet uh the way people disagree with each other the um the arguing the um individual engagement i guess you could call it um and they talk about their cyber warriors, how that they have a they have teams in each uh, agency yeah, of cyber warriors. This, we exposed
1: this three years ago, folks. Right. My, my my contact within DHS told me about this very thing, and and well, I took a lot of flack for this. Okay, so but I, I these are people who are paid. Um, Uh, I will republish this. Yeah, we need to republish this
2: because they talk about this through uh, terms of community outreach and engagement, uh, using, uh, fostering cooperation with partnerships, public and private partnerships, from faith-based leaders like the clergy response teams, to local law enforcement, to mental health professionals, and they say you know one way to improve the engagement process, they say violent extremist narratives espouse a rigid division of us versus them and often promotes an individual's exclusion or isolation from their community. And they go on to talk about the hostile, relation. they often have hostile relationships with government, uh, with governments, and the public narrative is an us versus them narrative. Um, what they plan to do, the government plans to do through federal outreach programs is aim to decrease the exclusion and isolation and, uh, create the, uh, inclusiveness that we hear so much about today. And when we hear inclusiveness, one thing that comes to mind is the snowflake generation. All, um, anything that is offensive is off limits.
1: I need my safe space. Oh, gosh.
2: It, it's it's, really? okay. it's okay for the snowflake generation to offend other people, to shut their free speech down, to uh, tear them down. But if something is said that is offensive to their sight, to their hearing, to their taste, then it must be banned, and they must have a safe space to go to. You, you know something? Imagine I, the generation I, that, that – that, well, imagine a snowflake generation – in twenty years from now,
1: We're nobody, you, you,
2: people aren't going to. I mean, what? You won't be able to function in the world. Well, if you if you need a safe yeah. space from being offended, then don't wake up in the morning.
1: I'm going to drop kick those computers. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm in one of those. Uh, Eric so, "Yeah, this is my safe space." My safe space. <laughs> you got a mic up, Eric. Um, you know, uh, real tech <laughs> Eric uh, on Twitter, um, but, but, but you know, no, at nineteen years old. I mean, I remember when I was nineteen, and I remember what I'd gone through by the time I was nineteen. And, and so, some of the people, so, some of the other young people uh, having served in Afghanistan, think back to Vietnam. So at so, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, it, it, young people going to Vietnam and and World War Two, what they went through. For crying out loud! What is the what's up with the wussification of today's male? All right, I mean, at nineteen, I had seen you didn't uh, have so much 19. death by by nineteen years old, and, and back then we it wasn't PTSD. I don't know. We, you didn't go to therapy, you know, when you had a, like you know, you, you just didn't go to therapy for stuff to be you know. Because oh my yeah, gosh, you you know, it's called I saw. being taken out back and having your butt whipped. Either that or you go to the bar and slam a few. And I'm not advocating that. Okay, it's just all I'm saying is, folks, guys, alpha males, if you're up, if you're not handling well what you're seeing today, you you you're not going to handle well what's coming. All right, I could just tell you that right now, you're not going to do well with what's coming, and you better be in a position to handle. Um, yeah, quit, quit, being a, quit being a snowflake. And I mean, there
2: can't be any. There, there's no such thing as a Christian snowflake. Up. That's right. There can't be. No, no,
1: there can't be. It's just uh, no. Uh, I mean, look at what's happening in the Middle East right now with the with the Christians, the genocide of the Holocaust, the Christian Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And no, we, we need don't to fight. Cut my this. head
2: off. Where's my safe space?
1: And, and, and we got some idiot, it, it, you know, some a bunch of idiots in this country who are so damn offended because, uh, uh you know, of of the, the what was it at uh, Hofstra University? twenty sixteen chalking. Oh my goodness! Come on, people! I mean, there was a lady who cried sorry. when she saw that.
2: Why do Why do I want my country to be like this? Why does it have to be like this? You know, one thing I didn't talk about on the Common Sense Show yesterday that I wanted to talk about that dovetails with the violent extremism, radicalization of everything yes. in America, is the, US, is Aram- is the U.S. Army's uh, policies on influence operations or uh, soft brainwashing, if you will. And there the is, influencing yeah. operations are focused on affecting the perceptions and behaviors of leaders' groups or entire populations. These influence operations employ capabilities to affect behaviors, protect operations, communicate commander's intentions, and project accurate information to achieve desired effects across the cognitive <laughs> domain. Now, they talk about the military capabilities of influence operations. Those are called psychological operations, or psyops. And one thing that the military does uh, very well is conduct these psychological, counterintelligence, counterpropaganda, propaganda operations, and does so in the public arena. Uh, they talk about this, the public affairs, while a component of influence operations is predicated on its ability to project truthful information to a variety of audiences. Truthful is emphasized in there because what they go on to talk about uh, as truthful is military deception. It's based uh, deliberately to mislead the adversary um, or violent extremist organizations, decision makers, causing the adversary to take specific actions that will contribute to the accomplishment of a friendly mission. But one thing that the influence operation uh, doctrine really gets into, which is is very interesting, is the uh, changing public perception in a complete 180-degree uh, way, even if it's wrong, like encouraging people to be racist, we'll say, as an example.
1: Like, yes. They yes. have,
2: a, I would say, like a 10-tiered approach, and I got, I got maybe eight so far uh, down, that they, they can use. And it's through behavioral influences. Uh, you talked about the pre-crime thing, through um, using the public and mass media. As a uh, uh, instrument of war, um, the CNN effect—we've all heard heard of that when they pretended that they were in Iraq uh, and actually they were in Atlanta on top well, of the yeah, CNN headquarters. And, and a lot of From this is storytelling, polling
1: too. Polling uh, in a way because you're shaping you're shaping the the, the ideology of the can- I mean, positive and negative reinforcement yeah.
2: based on lies. I mean, there are there's so much here. We don't have time at all to get into these, um, but. This encompasses not just you know the uh cyber command and and uh, information sectors. this is the army the navy the air force uh, all joint and uh federal res- all joint federal agencies yep um, and they go through uh, they have a whole list of things that they uh, propaganda counter propaganda influence theory influence history influencing tools market and advertising. Uh, deception, strategic de- deception, uh, and they go through, you know, storytelling and, and social behavior modification all the way down to re-education. education Yeah, re-education. And, um, you know, abraham lincoln said public sentiment is everything with the public sentiment nothing can fail without it nothing can succeed he who molds public sentiment goes deeper than he who enacts statutes or pronounces decisions he makes statutes or decisions
1: possible or impossible to execute um it's perception perception is, becomes a reality is what you're saying Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know Joe's going to be getting into more on that And in, in deeper in, in, in the separate, uh, separate Talk and venue but the Because it's important Last point, to. I'm sorry that I missed Is the
2: where we are now In influence operations uh, They are moving toward Effective global influence yep. Which Is a multi-tiered approach That deals with confusing target populations Bipolar thinking and, um, adopting a new model of influence for one way advertising and perception management. But, as you said, we'll be getting into more of that yeah. as uh,
1: we have time. Well, a couple of things but, before we break. Just real quick, I want to mention congratulations to Kurt Schilling, who's going with Brebart, Bright, Brebar, Brebar, Brebar. Yeah, Brebart. Kurt Schilling, guest on our program a couple of times. Uh, Greg Jackson, thank you so much for, for arranging that. But Kurt Schilling is going to be having his own show. Um, it's interesting Good for him. Yeah. And just this just in, Steve Quayle sent me a note. Uh, Josh Tully, as we guest on our program before, and of course, a radio show host we've had on, uh, he's a radio show host and we've been he with him, a friend of the show. Right. Uh, the re- reporting that uh, the runs on gun stores, uh, yeah. are, are beginning right now or in force right now. And I did talk with someone earlier, early, early today, uh, with, from a local gun store who said they're noticing a pickup in, uh, uh, you know the uh black guns, the assault rifles, uh, the black ones, as they call them. Guns. Yeah, the, the ugly, the scary guns or the oh my goodness, you know. I've never heard uh, of that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um and don't forget Mr. Fixit is going to be on Hannity tonight. My my I believe it's gonna be Jack Palladino. We'll see what happens. If not, Paladino would be one regardless to, to listen to even if it's not him, but that's kind of what I'm thinking, a P.I. and Boston lawyer, but it's going to be interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah well, was coming on at 10 o'clock. And folks, go to HagmanReport.com. You'll be reporting on that a lot. There's a story I put up there that you guys will want to read. Is Obama going to leave the country if Trump wins? White House spokesman <laughs> won't hope. say.
1: Don't believe the polls. Don't believe what you're being told in the polls. Don't believe in the, you know, what you're being told by the media. Just believe what you hear here.
2: Polls. Clinton leads by five points.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, and, she also uh, won the election already, uh, depending of on the
1: Of course, yeah. All hail to, to the Queen. The Queen. Uh, long live the Queen. The Queen is dead, right? Anyway, folks, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for your belief and trust in us. Thank you for spending your time with us. Go back and listen to Avi Lipkin. Had a lot of great stuff to mm-hmm. say uh the thursday we're going to have Steve Quayle on uh,
2: friday Ted Brewer. wednesday we oh, are going special. to have Flip Benham followed by Pastor Langford
1: Pastor Langford's going to be a, a a guest in our program every wednesday at the, uh the third hour
2: and tomorrow we have Stan Dale and we have another guest coming on in the second hour yeah. and now that I got my schedule working let me uh yeah. grab the name um many of you
1: and I want to thank John Robertson too and John likes you know. bowling, but John, thank you so much for all of your hard work. JD, too, thank you so much for your hard work, and Eric as well. Somebody's computer is going to be broken here. That's all right. That's all right until tomorrow. Here, right? Oh, it. you got it. I got it. All right. Wait. Hang on. We still got another minute anyway. Yeah. Okay, tomorrow. I, I know. I I, I want to get out of here. I'm cutting out early. Tomorrow is what the
2: 25th. We okay. have Gregory Manarino. Gregory Manorino. That's right. Tomorrow, and then Flip Benham Wednesday, Steve Quayle on Thursday, Thursday Ted Brewer Friday, yep. and uh, let's take a look in the next week. Doctor Michael
1: Heiser is on Monday. It's Halloween, so, on Monday, it's going to be an interesting show with with Doctor Heiser. Yeah, um, a very interesting show. Wow, interesting
2: guy. Yeah, so a fantastic week. This week we got information. From a number of different uh, and important sources. Again, Pastor Langford, Steve Quayle, Flip Benham, Ted Broer, Sandale.
1: S- send, send Avi Lipkin an email. Tell him thanks a lot. Tell him you heard him on our show, or somehow connect with him. Let him know you heard him and support Avi. He's a great guy. Go ahead.
2: Till tomorrow. Stay, stay, stay safe. God bless and have a good evening.